Hello, and welcome to the Sam Squared Show. I'm Sam. And I'm Sammy. And you're as ready as you'll ever be. I am as ready as I'll ever be. <laughs> Probably more ready than I am this uh, this episode. Um, so, hey, hi. Glad you guys are back. If you're here listening to us, um, missed you. Um, we cried. We did. We did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but first off, let's... Um, Let's talk about what we're putting into our faces tonight. You want to go? You want to kick it off? It is one of your favorites. It is one of my favorites. You can go there. Fine. I did the last one. You did. Okay. Um, it is, like I said, one of our favorites. A super classic. We have some fun, fond memories behind this uh, as far as like going to the Bavarian dining restaurant and stuff like that. But it is Spotten Oktoberfest. And you're not wrong. It is definitely February. <laughs> it is definitely February. Um, yeah, something about how, how Ingalls gets a hold of it. I guess it's because it's some import or something like that. It's uh, Oktoberfest. Spotten never arrives in October. I really don't understand it because the restaurants around here have it. The um, the German restaurant out in Black Mountain was selling six packs of it. You know, like, I don't understand why Ingalls just always gets theirs in February. It would, I think it's, it would be, it's so much better in the fall. I mean, it's always delicious, but to me, it's just like, it rings in, like, right when I'm starting to look for a little bit heavier of a beer, you know, nice crisp in the air, all of that. Yeah, and it's still light enough, because, you know, during those dog days of summer, where yeah, hot days and cold nights. It kind of satisfies both of those. Like true. Yeah, I mean, like like today, because you know it was yeah, a, it was a warm true. day, and but it was very cold once the sun went down. Yeah. Well, I shouldn't say very cold. It was cold. <laughs> um, yeah, we were originally going to just talk about basic old spot, which is one of our all time favorites, and then we saw this Oktoberfest and jumped on it because it won't be, won't be back for a year, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, and they only had a couple more six packs. I mean, they might restock a little bit or whatever, but um, yeah, when we see it, we we grab it up. It's, mm-hmm. it's a little pricey though. And one, it's never on sale. Never. Um, even original regular Spotten isn't ever on sale either. So it's eight ninety seven for a six pack, which, like I said, it's uh, it's it's worth it. <laughs> it is worth it. But I'm I'm starting to think that I might like just the regular Spotten better than this. It depends on your mood, really, for me. Yeah. Uh, not your mood in particular. The general. general yeah, mood. the general mood of what I'm feeling. Um, but, yeah, it's a kind of caramel lager. It's a little, little bit of rich, and I don't know what else. I'm, I don't know how to describe beer. I'm ignorant when it comes to it. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, that, that Malty, I don't know. I guess it would it's be It's an Oktoberfest. Yeah. I don't really, I don't really know either. I mean... I, I feel like we had all the points. Oktoberfest. No, I don't. I don't know that either, but I like it. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, yeah. that's what we're drinking. You guys, go nab a six pack while while there's a chance. <laughs> it's gonna be gone quick. Um. So, how do we want to do this? We have a couple of things we had talked about to lead up to from the previous episode do we want to go ahead and rip out rip the band-aid off the big reveal we want to do an update on 
um, our guest listener voting situation? I mean, I think whatever. Most of the the people I feel like that listen already know about the big reveal because I posted it on Instagram and True. Facebook. Yeah, but they and just the get blog. to see it. They don't. <laughs> they don't get the whole description of it. It's true. I specifically did not post any of the um, videos because we are going to be talking about it on the podcast, which those will go up on the blog, um, you know, Monday or Tuesday, and our YouTube channel. If you, I mean, I just have the YouTube channel, so we can put it on the website. So I have a link for them. But um, if you want to follow us on YouTube, that's cool too. It's just, again, if you're if you look at the blog, it's all over there too. But Anyway, um, I don't know which. Uh, what I mean, how, how do you want to do it? I'm down for whatever. Um, I guess business before pleasure, because one of them is final, the other's not. Um, so guests, we still have the voting process going. Um, had a couple of people cast their vote already. Thank you for that. There's a couple of other people that have actually just today. I know at least one person was a. Uh, listening to the episode and hadn't gotten to the end of it so right so we didn't want to call it today because we wanted everyone to have a chance to vote if they wanted to vote yes and so. we again this was one of the first time we've done something like this we will um we will start giving longer periods of time for people to you know cast their vote if they want because i don't mm-hmm. know i started thinking like a two-week turnaround you know because like if it's a guest then we really need a, a faster turnaround than that so we can get them on. Um, but anyway, right now the vote stands at, does that make sense? I don't know. A faster turnaround for getting the, what do you mean? Is that what I said? You said a faster turnaround to get them on, the guest, that is. Well, I meant like we need to give, we need to give, or it makes it a faster turnaround, you know, because like if we're, you know, we need to have time to schedule the guest right, and talk to them. So we need more time because like if we say the, the voting closes like in a week or whatever, that only gives us a week to try to set the schedule with that one specific person. Oh, well, we didn't even talk about what time they'd be on or anything like that. I'm pretty sure we said that it was going to be the episode after next. Um, I don't remember that, but I guess. Yeah, I, and I don't. I, I don't think go that back that, in the tape. Yeah, I don't. Um, if we did say that, or maybe like me and you said, or maybe like I was just thinking that's what was going to happen. Um, <laughs> whatever the case, uh, that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen like that. So we're going to give um, probably another week, and then schedule the guest after that and and that of course will depend on like getting the schedules and stuff together um right now we stand at scott has one vote yeah um we got one vote for a wild card yes one vote for a wild card and then we have um a vote from a listener who is not on instagram which i also had not thought about that um, so I am going to go on and type it in her vote and she voted for Aaron. So, and I specifically wanted her to get a vote because it was just from, you know, our first guest. So I feel like she definitely, yeah, she you know, said have some sort of weigh in. <laughs> yeah. And she, uh, she, you know, 
specifically like came in and like sought me out and told me in person and everything, which takes, you know, that takes time and effort. So mm-hmm. it's actually harder to do than just popping on your phone and voting. So, um, so I definitely feel like it should count. So we're at a, a three-way tie right now. So yeah, <laughs> um, that's hot. <laughs> yeah, nice three-way. So, uh, you know, vote if you're, if you're out there and, um, we will, you know, we'll let you know. Yeah. It'll probably be announced like on Instagram first because probably. it's two weeks, but until the next time we record. So, yeah, you know, stay tuned over there too. In the meantime, vote or die, bitch. Woo woo. According to or the infamous words of Kanye West, or is that a South Park thing? <laughs> I actually probably don't know. South Park playing Kanye West. <laughs> As some sort of silly thing like that. Um, or true. I mean, you know, people are silly too. Yeah. No, I don't know. I'll have to look that reference up. Either way, exercise your democratic liberties. Yes. And type in a number. <laughs> Just a number. All right. So, um, so I guess moving on to... To the BCS next? Well, oh. Uh-oh. Oh, no. She did it. She let the cat out of the bag, folks. <laughs> oh, <laughs> All <man>. of this time. <laughs> That's okay. We, we were just about we to should have just, anyway. But we should, we could, we could cut that out. <laughs> nah, I think it's no, fine. <laughs> leave it. Leave it. Screw it. Sorry, guys. Well, no sorry um, about it. So that's the big, that's the big farm news. The ultimate what we teased about multiple times uh on the last episode we got ourselves a damn tractor the bcs is the company um i don't know well i guess we should go into it it's a two-wheel tractor two-wheel walk behind tractor yeah not your conventional old john deere shenanigans yeah not a not a large piece i mean it is a big piece of equipment but it's not like a huge piece of equipment like that yeah Um, my sophisticated small footprint yes (laughs) i was gonna say if you would like to kind of do a quick like uh or if you if you want to watch like a quick rundown of why um and see it in action and everything um of why we chose it and all of that specifically farm related for the people who are listening this for the farm, then, you know, we'll put a link up for, um, okay. Jean Martin Fortier. Forte. Uh, he's got an interesting, uh, I can't really pronounce his last name. Well, like the like I thought I was doing it all right. And then I heard him say it in the video and I was like, Oh no, I'm not, I am not saying that correctly. (laughs) even, Even how he says his first name, like, it doesn't even sound how it's spelled. Uh, it's just like he's got kind well, of. Well, he goes a, by GM a lot too. Oh, uh, maybe that's why. Which yeah. that's okay. So I've known <laughs> one other Jean John Michelle, and that's Wait, how he it pronounced it. Michelle or Miguel? It's it's spelled M- Michelle, oh, uh, okay. like Mike. I mean Michael, right? Like John Michael or whatever. But, um, but the the guy I I knew was was French. He is French Canadian, so I don't know if that is, if they actually say it like, you know, the Jean Michel who was the French exchange student, 
you know, one of the French exchange students. Um, but he went by JM too. Um, anyway, he's a market gardener. He does a great little, it's, um, it's five chapters that he put together, um, for BCS America. And, um, we'll do the first link because, you know, they're all on YouTube, so they should just like, you know, play right after each other or whatever. Um, so we'll throw the first one up. He's like, he's a, Anyway, it's just, it's, um, it's not, the whole series is only like 21 minutes long, you know, all five chapters. So if you want to do that, or if you just want to like watch the first one or whatever to kind of, like I said, see it in action, see like specifically kind of like what, what we're going to be using it kind of like in there. He does have an, have one extra piece of equipment that we don't have, which is the power harrow. Yeah. Um, one day we will have that. Yes. But everything else that he has in the video and everything is that is are the attachments and stuff that we bought. So that's also a good little thing to to see. And then we are taking videos as we are breaking it in as well. Um, but before we get into that, there's uh, he he goes over some of the stuff. But one thing I wanted to bring up, like for me personally, um, why I've been so pumped about it is because I'm not used to large pieces of equipment. Um, like the first time I did a riding mower or anything was here just like a couple of years ago. Right. And I don't know. I'm just really nervous around stuff like that because I'm just not familiar with any of it. So it kind of freaks me out. Um, <laughs> so like thinking about like if I'm, you know, I mean now of course like I've used a riding mower for years and I'm very comfortable with it. And so I, I zip around and, you know, it's my little baby. Um, but like thinking about getting on like a tractor or something, I'm, I'm still like not there yet. You know, maybe again because I've just never done it. I'm just like no, like it's so intimidating, and the big pieces of equipment, all of that storage space, um, it's just not, not anything that's in our game plan. And like you said, the environmental impact of this machine is is much less. Um, and it's awesome because it's e easy to move, easy to transport, small, incredibly versatile. It can do so, so much stuff. It's insane. Like things that we'll never use because we don't live in like climates and stuff for them or whatever, but, um, it's super exciting. Yeah. I mean, I guess we should describe what it looks like, um, for anybody who hasn't seen it or anything yet. Um, it's a two wheel tractor I and mean, they call it a tractor, but it's not really like what normally you would think is a tractor. Um, it's got two handlebars uh, coming off of it, um, which can swing 180, which is really cool because you can do forward and backward depending on um, what equipment you have attached to it and all that business. Um, yeah, because some attachments attach in the in the back and then other ones attach in the front. Like the, the mowing stuff is front and then the tilling stuff, the plowing stuff, you know, the trailer, things like that are in the back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's um, it's got, I guess the motor on it's probably close to, uh, it's hard, it's a little bit bigger than a riding lawnmower one, but not too much bigger. Um, the wheels themselves are about the same size as maybe four-wheeler wheels. Um, and... I mean, all in all, I guess it's probably about like five feet long and 
three feet wide at most. Um, I'd say about that. Yeah, the handlebars yeah. move up and down. Yeah, um, adjust super easy, and they it has a lot of like like nice safety features on it. Mm-hmm. Um, we we sprung for the electric start versus a recoil because recoil stuff which i didn't under i didn't know what this meant so i'm gonna explain this um like recoil is like when like a a lawnmower when you like pull the string you know or like a boat or whatever like the you know that or like the riding mower is is that um this has a battery and while you can still it does have the recoil system set up on it then it is an electric start so it's like a turn the key like a car or whatever i didn't know what that meant it did cost extra but i have learned um over the past (laughs) time with the riding mower because sometimes the riding mower and and even weed eaters like i have issues with weed eaters i don't think I, i feel like my arms aren't long enough or something like just doesn't i can't doesn't matter anyway I get really pissed like when when I'm in the middle of like mowing and I have to sit there and like it dies out and I have to like struggle and all of this stuff is like kind of older. Well, not the weed eater, but the mower is older. Um, So it could be harder because of that, but I'm just like eventually it's going to be old too and I just don't, you know, I thought the extra money was absolutely worth it for me to be able to have a key and turn it on like that and not like get grumpy pants about it. Um, Yeah. And it's really cool. Like, I like that a lot. Yeah, totally worth it. Um, let's see. Uh, so the handlebars themselves, they've got four, like, bicycle brake-looking things on them. Um, two of those are for steering if you need to. The thing's light enough to kind of muscle around yourself without using the steering brakes. But... Um, kind of another cool thing about it the uh the differential i think that's what it's called um the wheels themselves can rotate uh freely unless you lock them in straight like forward backward together motion so you can use that to that in turn makes it easier to move around without it but you know doing the brake is you squeeze one side brake and it breaks that wheel so it turns kind of like i guess similar to it's not really a tank but kind of the same concept i suppose um we're kind of like um like bike uh well i mean no never mind that was dumb nope okay <laughs> um but <laughs> the other two ones it's a what the other thing is a clutch with the dead man mm-hmm. switch on it and the other side of that is just a adjustment for the handlebars to swing them around um but yeah really kind of a a very like a much smaller than you would imagine it to be for the amount of power and versatility that it, it has throughout all facets of like farm and homestead stuff. Um, and really in a way it's a lot because of the size of it and the maneuverability, it can be much more useful than a riding tractor as long as it's not, like that, I guess the Achilles heel would be if you're covering large expanses of ground, um, like really long beds or something like that. It would just take a lot of passes. Uh, it wouldn't be harder. It would just take longer. Um, and but aside from that, I mean, it's things a dream. It's uh, kind of fun to work with. It's 
you know, you feel kind of badass because it's all like unique looking and uh, kind of reminds you of like, I don't know, like a motorcycle or something like that. And it's Italian. Like, yeah, it is Italian. It's a, yeah, it's a, this is like the Italian, like, like it's, it's incredibly popular overseas. Um, the only, like BCS America is the only, like they... They come from Italy to there, which I can't remember if it's California or Oregon. It's somewhere on the West Coast or over there. Um, and then there's different, like, dealerships, you know. And the dealerships always have, like, like a like someone who works on it as well and stuff like that. But um, it's really cool. And um, it's also set up for, you know, like, what in the industry. Um, it, it This is more this term is more geared towards like vegetable farmers and stuff, but market gardener, like people who are growing, you know, intensively on small plots of land. Um, so it's kind of set up specifically to work with people like that. And with that, then it's, it's hard to, you know, again, if you have a small piece of land, then you don't really need a tractor. And, um, and people like that tend to tend to do less of like the things that that the big companies do where they need like those huge pieces of equipment like the the like spraying and stuff like that or I don't know. I don't feel like I'm doing a very good job of describing it or kind of like why it works better for the smaller farmers and everything. Um, but again, watch that watch that little video series. He does a much better job talking about all of that. Um, it's set up for like the the bed width that most market gardeners use, which is like thirty inches. So all of the, you know, the tellers, all of the stuff are they're, they're standard. Like that's our well, not I shouldn't say standard. They have different sizes, but they have, you know, most of their stuff is thirty inches wide, which is perfect because you can do a bed and a pass. You know, um, just one go instead of having to go up and down, unless you want to go, you know, back and forth a couple times, but. It's great. I'm really excited. It's going to enable us to do, to really kind of like start setting our permanent beds system up and uniform everything, which is going to be awesome for planning and, you know, just everything, just everything. It's great. So that was, um, that's another reason why we kind of switched into the gear plan that we have been with the farm. Um, and kind of cutting back some, even though, like we said last, last time, like we're still going to be doing the same amount of bed productions, possibly even more, but fewer varieties and everything, because this is going to allow us to like really put some, put some time in and, and get some setup stuff done, which is exciting. Yeah. Um, yeah, like you said, more uniform. So that's, uh, that allows us to squeeze more beds into the the space we're using because it's what 30 inches and then 18 inches in between each where yeah last time we were doing it we had 30 inch beds but we had what no our beds were uh, 34 uh 30 36 i think yeah but then the rows in between it was uh, like a foot and a half something like that like 18 and or no, right. maybe more inches um oh definitely definitely more than 18 inches yeah so we'll be able to really just maximize and like you said keep everything uniform that just makes everything easier and 
more permanent, but not necessarily in a bad way as far as um, soil uh, nutrition and density and all that goes, uh, especially once we get to Harrow. But yeah, which the power Harrow is, it kind of um, it's it's similar to a tiller. Because I feel like most people do know what a teller is or what, what it kind of does. It like breaks everything up nicely so you can easily plant into it. But this, instead of going down, in, the, the power harrow, instead of going down really deep and instead of flipping um, the soil like a teller does, it, it digs in deep and pulls that up and like flips the soil. A power harrow just goes down a couple inches on the top and instead of flipping it just kind of um, not really stirs. Um, kind of, kind of think about like if you were like panning for gold. You know, it kind of does like that back and forth, just like shifting it around like that. Um, so it's not really getting into um, the layers where you really start. You know, where a lot of your soil health and like the organisms and the different life and everything that's in there you're not disturbing that you're also not bringing up um any like weed seeds that you had buried previously or any like if you had buried a crop under you're not bringing those seeds back up because you're just doing it right along the top um it's much healthier for the soil um over the long term and we will be moving to that system but it's you know, the tiller, I think, is like $800. The power harrow is 2300 So, I mean, you know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's a give and take. Yeah. And that with, where, with the land we're working on, too, since we have, um, like, hired a tractor to come in and plow until it, um, it's been plowed twice and tilled once, then we're still on relatively new stuff and we are going to, we still have a lot of new ground to break. So we can slowly start pushing and clearing more land as we're ready on our own with, um, with this setup. And, um, and then eventually, you know, we'll have enough money to buy the power harrow. And then once all the land is cleared, then, you know, we can do anything with the tiller. We could, you know, you can sell it or, you know, um, actually where we got the BCS from, they sell like used, um, BCS stuff too, or, you know, things like that. So, or keep it. So if you ever, you know, if you ever need it, um, I saw other like random ideas about, you know, since it is so mobile and small you get a trailer and then, you know, if people want like a garden bed to be set up, you know, for them, then you can come over and just really quickly plow them out some beds, till them up, and then they can do whatever they want, you know. So, again, working with people like people who want to, like, backyard gardens and stuff like that, then that could be a service that we offer. You know, I don't know if it would if it would be feasible or if people would even be interested in it, but I don't know. Like, if someone said, hey, I'll come over and, you know, like, plow you pay until. for the gas and plow until and I'll get your garden ready. You know, I would have paid someone like a hundred bucks to, to do that at least. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because it's hard. It's it's so much faster and easier to do it than doing it by hand, which is just difficult. Mm-hmm. And you'd be surprised at how um, I don't know. Once once you watch some of these videos, how uniform everything comes out. Um, like once it tills and everything, like it's pretty much done. 
as far as like a bed goes. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, you can watch you can watch him just plunge his hand into the the dirt after it's been tilled, and then he'll show you the depth too on the par- the power harrow, um, which I think that's chapter two. But anyway, it's it's just it's a it's great. We have also a lot of a lot of other uses for it. You know, we're gonna be trying to use it. We have some forsythium on the side of our house, and I do not understand why they put. I mean, I understand why they put it there because they wanted to like block because um, the driveway is right next to that. They wanted to have a little privacy, but they put way too many forsythia bushes in. They are cramped, and they are drive. They're like pushing onto the driveway. Um, you know, we need to space those out more. And flip side, we also need more overhead protection for our chicken flock. So we want to move those from the side of the house to the chicken area um, and give them, you know, because bushes to hide under, they will scatter and hide. They're great at hiding um, from like hawks and stuff like that. And it, and their area right now is pretty open. So um, we're using the plow to like uh, cut through there. Where the, well, we got the utility trailer, which that's cool because like it hooks up and you actually like ride on it. Um, mm. So it can like kind of transform into like a riding thing. Also, there's a a riding sulky for when you're doing um, um, mowing. So not not with the mower we got, but a different mower. So you can have that and then like be riding when you're mowing to and turn it into a riding mower, which is just fun. Because like I said, it's like, like it transforms, it does all this crazy stuff. Um, but yeah, we're going to move those over there. So, you know, we, we'll be using it predominantly for the farm, of course. But one of the reasons we also went for the one we got, which is the 853, is that it is um, one of the most powerful ones that can still run. That is still not, or the power, it's it's one of, it's the most powerful, but it can still run the tiller. Because their most powerful one is too powerful to run the tiller. Um, or something like that. Yeah, probably so, too big. Um, so yeah, we went for we went for the big one so we could, you know, because again, going for maximal maximum uh, versatility um, for both the farm and the homestead. So it's really exciting. Um, it's great to use. I was super nervous about it. We did a video, which we'll post, and it was ridiculous. You post in the first video? Oh, yeah, yeah, me being crazy. Well, they'll, they'll all go up on the blog. Okay. Um, but I'll probably, like, do a piece of the first video on Instagram or something, too. I yeah. didn't want to do it with this, but... Well, I know we took two, and the first video you were, like, visibly... Your body language was much ner- much more nervous compared to the second time, which is only, like, an hour later. True. And that's, yeah, that's, that's one of the, now that I've used it, um, then it's great. Like I was, um, I was really nervous just because again, like it's, it's so much cheaper than tractor, but it's still incredibly expensive. (laughs) You know, I mean, I think it's like, you know, the, what we paid for the pilot pretty much. It's more than that. It's more than, than the Honda pilot. So (laughs) I mean, not like new because I got the the pilot was used when I bought it, but still, like. But still, it's about the the cost of a nice car, a nice used car. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just nervous, and I'm and yeah. Anyway, so I was very nervous. I went out and I did some mowing. It was great. Um, I definitely picked like the wrong spots to 
to like start in. I should have gone for the the spot over by the blueberry bushes um, because it had more straightaways. But I, of course, first I took it on over this like cane stuff, which it wasn't really working on that. I think I'm just going to take the riding mower it, because this stuff is just like, I mean, it was knocking it over and like pushing it down, but it doesn't, I mean, it's just so dry and just like hollow. It just falls over and then like just crunches into the ground and never, because it just like you just knock it over. But um, then I took it over right next to the creek, which I don't know why I did that. Um, at, yeah. There's so many thorns. Being well, there's that plus, uh, I don't know, for the first time driving it, <laughs> you yeah, put being it in the like, most precarious position. Right? Like, what was I thinking? Oh. <laughs> I don't know either. Um, but everything worked out fine. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it was like it. I was rocking it until the very end. What do you mean? The end of the whole mowing or the end of the creek bank? The end of the whole mowing. Oh, yeah. Talking about that tangled mess that happened on the yes. way back to the shed. Yep. So, one, I almost finished the section I was working on. I have to break it, bring it back out just for maybe like 10 more minutes, which is kind of disappointing. But on top of that, so on top of like me already being like, mm, I don't want to stop right now. Then the way I decided to bring it out of the field... Um. I was just going to drive the tractor out, and then I was like, well, if I'm driving the tractor, I might as well have the mower going so I can cut a path. So then next time I can bring the tractor back in this way, too, and, you know, just have, like, like slowly start making this little pathway. So I engaged the motor, or the mower, and um, took it up, and I did not realize, I did not see, even though I had walked it, I just hadn't seen this big coil of wire fencing that um i shouldn't say wire fencing fencing wire is how i should say it right i feel like that's because it's not actually a fence it's more of like it's wiring for a fence one long steel wire yeah and also uh wasn't a wasn't a cable um i guess it was like a phone line cable or something some weird just random (laughs) piece of electrical or communications cable yeah so um, found another trash pocket. Yeah, found another trash pocket. Which is just disappointing. Like just Okay, you know what? It's okay. I'm just gonna let I'm gonna let it go. The good news on all of that is that we, you know, very I mean, relatively easy. We did need two of us for Sam to like hold it up while I went under and like got the wire off. Um but we got it off, you know relatively fast i think it took us like 15 minutes yeah, maybe 20 like minutes that. like once we actually started doing it not like being like oh, okay so we gotta go with the wire cutters and we gotta do this and that you know but something um and then and it's and it's fine like so that was good but i just felt like a dingus like a big old dingus <laughs> Haley was saying that a lot today <laughs> well wasn't your fault so yeah no point in feeling bad about yourself or anything like that. Um, but the good news is by the time that I was done with that, then like, the, like working with it, then I'm like, I'm, I'm very comfortable with it. I mean, I, you know, each attachment of course is going to be different. Um, especially the next one's coming up because like I said, the mower is front mounted 
and the plow and tiller are rear mounted. So, you know, the handlebars are going to be spun around and it'll just be like the controls go backwards. But really this is the way that we will be doing it is the way that most of the stuff runs except for like mowers and stuff anyway no on the mower the controls are backwards yes yeah right um, um so but you know we're doing that tomorrow so i'm really excited about that too um i'm gonna take the mower out and finish up that one little section and then we're gonna go and do do the plowing and get that all set up so we will of course do some videos on that as well mm -hmm. um they might be ridiculous just like the the first one <laughs> yeah we'll see um but you never know. But yeah, all in all, like I'm incredibly happy. Um, and I think that was a lot of the reason why I was nervous too, was not only like it's a new piece of equipment, it's important, it's expensive, all that kind of stuff. But it's also like this was like my call uh, kind of. I mean like Sam, I talked with Sam about it and everything too, but like I did the research and everything and I kind of like, you know, pitched this. Like this was something that I really – wanted to go for um and sam agreed with me on all on all of the points and everything it's just like i don't know um it's that farm manager part of just being like yeah we're you know we took it on a loan to do this i really hope it works like i hope everything works out the way i, I think it and it should and all of that it was just like some pressure um but yeah it's it's uh, i'm feeling good about it um that's why I was, I was concerned too about the steering brakes. Um, it's kind of a stretch for me with my hand size. Um, I, I have it like like it is right there, um, but it's just it's a little hard for me to grip them. So when I first was using it, I was using those to stop, but they're really more and and for trying to really steer with them but that because they call them steering brakes um and that's just not that's just not how it works so by the end of it i i had a feel for it it was it was great like i was very confident with it and everything um and that is not one like it, I, I i they were already loosening up a little bit while i was using it but um you know, you, you don't really use those too frequently, you know, so yeah, all, uh, is, is very exciting. Yeah. And that's kind of the cool thing about it. Having that, the two wheel set up, it, regardless of how heavy this equipment and stuff is, it, those two wheels act as a fulcrum. Uh, so you slap this 200 pound mower attachment on it and it still feels like super easy, super light to control and maneuver because like the amount of force you put down on the handlebars, like interacting with the fulcrum of the wheels and everything, like make that attachment feel much lighter than it actually is, uh, which is our kind of a cool side effect that I didn't expect to like feel. I figured a lot of that, like the weight differentials and stuff like that would be you know, like the mower itself has two small wheels on the front of it. I thought it would be kind of adjusting the weight to be way in the front, like where those wheels are holding. But those are just more uh, like guide wheel height adjustment type things. They're not necessarily anything to to deal with um, like support and steering and all all of that. So it's it's pretty cool to I don't know. It's just a it's a very simple 
yet extremely well thought out um mechanic um mm-hmm. it's just i don't know it's a it's, it's really neat just very it feels outside of the box but that's probably just because we aren't used to seeing stuff like this so there's that yeah because like i said it, it is um it's a very it I think it's always been a popular piece of equipment overseas. Yeah. You know, but, it, and, and there are different brands too, you know, um, I can't think of any off the top of my head, but there are other, other two wheel walk behind tractors and things like that. Um, but there's something you said too that, oh yeah, about the handlebars. That's, that's something I wanted to bring up too, because even just simply like in the first video when I was, when I first, like, I wasn't even trying to mow, I just like went forward with it because I had never really used it, you know, on or done anything with it. So I just wanted to go just drive it. Um, and I'd forgotten to drop the handlebars down and adjust them for my height. When I started mowing in the, in, and in, in the videos after that, you'll see that they're like, they're lower and just, it's just simply being able to adjust the handlebars. Um, because I'm sure the height that I use, that I have them set on for the mower is not going to be the same height that I'm going to use them on for the tiller, the plower, things like that, because you're going in instead of going across the surface. So little things like that, and even just going with it and everything, it made it, it made it, it's such a huge difference in being in control and being able to go for a longer period of time too, like physically, because it's, it, it's not, um, it's not heavy. It's not like it's, it just, it takes all the weight, like the, the machine, the attachment, whatever it is, it's just that thing's doing all the work and you're really just like, I don't know, I guess it's kind of like, um, people who still use like, you know, plow horses or, or like oxen and stuff like that. Like, you know, you are really more of just like steering it and going with it versus like doing anything. Um, Cause like with the push mower or whatever, you're still pushing it. You know, I I don't know. I thought, I thought that it was going to be more tiring for me to work. Um, and it's not like it just, it, it's a nice bent and little things like that. Because again, there's almost, there's what a half, at least a half foot difference in our height, you know? So, mm-hmm. so sometimes that's, that's a problem because things that are easier for Sam to use are harder for me just because of, you know, just because of the height difference or, the handle being longer, you know, versus I need a shorter handle, which I mean, you can always choke up on it, but it's still, it's not a, doesn't, it doesn't really sit right. Yeah. You, you lose know? a lot of the, uh, the action if you have to adjust, uh, you know, away from the optimal range of holding and utilizing like hand tools. Um, but yeah, it's nice about the, the BCS being able to, to have all those adjustments and none of them feel it it feels so small for the impact that it grants you, which is mm-hmm. interesting. Um, even like the slight things of when you're doing the tilling, you can kick the handlebars out at like a 45 degree angle. Well, I guess it's not that steep. It's more like a 30 or something like that. Um, so you can pretty much walk beside of it, um, right beside of it, beside it, uh, instead of behind it. So you get a little bit more, um, it's a little easier for you to like guide it along the lines you've set and things like that. Um, there's just a lot of, like I said, it's a, these tiny 
adjustments and customization options that make everything else more streamlined. That's pretty neat. It is, yeah. It's a very nice piece of equipment. It's exciting. And, uh, yeah, and so the impact it's going to have on on us is awesome. I mean, right off the bat, like, we're changing the direction of our beds, the majority of them. You know, we had them going, running parallel to the creek, and now they're going to be kind of, like, spiking off. Um, Yeah, there's a... We have a little bit more to talk about that uh, here in just a minute. But before we go into adjusting farm plans and stuff like that, uh, you want to talk at all about zinc, like where we got it and that whole experience? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yes. Um, so our BCS dealer is, um, is Zinc Outdoor. And I actually, like, originally I was just looking at all of this stuff online, so I was going to buy it online. And I couldn't figure out about, like, shipping costs and stuff like that. So I just called them up. And they were like, oh. They're like, well, actually, like, you should just contact your um, dealership and go through them because they can, you know, we ship to them anyway and and everything. So every year BCS has an end-of-the-year sale. Um, I don't know if it's, like, an exact percent, but almost everything goes on sale for it seems to be around 10% off. So... We decided what right before Christmas that we were going to take this loan out and go for it and get it try to get it done before um, the end of the year sale was over. So we called them, we talked to all of them, we talked to Zinc. Zinc was like, "Yeah, you know, if we if you can get it done, like we'll have to like push it hard, but we can get it done before the sale is over." Um, all that kind of stuff. They they worked with us. He was it was great. I mean, from the first time to the very end, like he, he really was just, was just always there, like super fast. He had the, I called them on my break at work one day when I originally, you know, was calling and talking to them about doing this. And he was like, yeah, he was like, give me everything that you're wanting. He was like, let me call BCS. He was like, we can, uh, I can get you all the, the prices and everything set up. Um, you know, as soon as I can, I'll get back to you. And it was like, you know, a couple hours later, you know, and he called, he had already emailed it to me. He called and left me like a detailed message about it. You know, like everything was so easy with them and they covered all of their bases when we, you know, picked up the equipment, they had everything put together and all that. He took us through all the paperwork. He gave us like some free oil and, um, you know, explained even like different options for, future decisions that we will probably have to make you know like if you there was some replacement like tines for the um the mower and everything and the tiller and stuff like that but then he was also showing us other ones that that you know we might want to buy after we run through all of these um to which might are a little bit more expensive but they also last like a lot longer than the other ones you know so he's he's going ahead and like telling us all of this um he walked us through all of the equipment set it up, like brought it in the garage because it was super cold that day. <laughs> so you brought it in the garage and like set up, set up the stuff and, um, you know, turned it on, like gave us a little tutorial about everything, helped us load it in the trailer. We had to do two trips. I mean, it was great. Like I, um, I love the experience with them. Like it, I, you know, the, I, I really felt like they went out of their way to help us and like make it, make it happen 
like forest as quickly as possible. Yeah, I mean, they went as far as to make, like, they contacted BCS and I wouldn't say twisted their arm, but made it a point that they wanted to, that we wanted to purchase this equipment for the year of van sale. They went as far as to contact BCS, make proxy serial numbers for all the equipment we bought so we could get the discount and then update said serial numbers once we got it. Because um, BCS said that was fine. Uh, and yeah, I, I doubt many places would do that just because I'm sure they're working on commission or getting some sort of cut out of it. They can't just be a middleman without any sort of, uh, of help. So yeah, to, to even do that is, uh, I mean, that already is a, above and beyond in my book. Um, and then, yeah, the tutorial, I expected them to just hand it over have us load up on the trailer and, we'd go and have to figure it out ourselves. Like you had even talked about having a uh, Michael Rayburn uh, come by and give us a kind of a rundown because he's, he's got about the same thing, a little bit smaller, um, but it's still a BCS. Um, yeah. I think he has a 752, I think, which is really just a couple steps down from uh, like, I think there's like, or maybe he has a 759. I don't know. I know it's like, like we're only like one or two, like levels up from from what he has but yeah yeah i was just gonna offer to pay him you know and come over and like run us through it real quick Mm -hmm. i mean we of course we're gonna read you know and i have read um the own your owner manuals and everything um at least on the mower and the actual unit i haven't read the ones on the tiller of the plow so but i will before i use them um (laughs) But yeah, we were gonna do that. But yeah, the 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 run through he did was awesome. Yeah, totally. Took off all the you know, he had the plow hooked up to it, right? Right. Initially, uh, yes, he did. Yeah, and then we took that off. We put the mower on. Um, he showed us the tiller. Um, walked us through the trailer. You know, had like a little box. You know, I mean, it's just it was just really awesome. And again, like unexpected. And the thing about like them getting it done, like I said, I mean, we we called right before Christmas, mm-hmm. like we called, and uh, I think um, we talked to them once, or I had talked to BCS or whatever. I think it was like when we actually started went when we, you know, we got the finances set up, the loan set up, and everything. I think I called them on the twenty sixth. Of yeah, December. it was between. So Christmas it was and... right, right after, like the day after Christmas, right before Christmas, or right before New Year's. Um, and we, I think we had to get it done by the twenty eighth or something, or like the like it. It wasn't the thirty first. It was like a couple of days before that because of the thirty first. I think was on a Monday, so it was fr- or Saturday and Sunday was out too. So it was like the Friday before that that we had to get it done by. So they like hustled and uh, made it happen. It was great. Yeah, um, I left them a very nice review on uh, on their Facebook page. Very good. Yeah, they well deserved. Yeah, five stars in my book. Mm-hmm. And we will definitely like be taking it for any servicing and anything. Like I would just like to just to take it to him. And it was great too because it's like zinc equipment and like we. I mean, we it was Bill Zinc that was like with us. You know, it's like the the freaking owner too, which was I don't know. That's pretty freaking cool. Mm. 
Although it could simply be just like he, he might be the only one who like knows about the BCSs or something. I don't know. I doubt that though. No, there are other people in the shop working on BCS uh, things. Some, I know the the one guy that was on that uh, race platform or whatever was working on one. It looked like it was probably from the uh, maybe sixties or something like that. It had this really cool, like it was a uh, like Robin's egg blue almost, and had this really neat classic car chassis looking thing. And it was all it was was just a mower, like one of those long um saw blade nose looking uh mower things it looks like a hedge trimmer or something like that um so yeah he's not the only one who knows about bcs uh things but yeah i can't remember what that mower's called i looked at it when i was comparing that one and the uh the flail mower eventually i'd like to get the other one too well you were looking at the bush hog type thing well, yeah, I was looking at the bush hog type thing. Yeah, I mean, I want like, like, I want everything. I mean, yeah. log splitter. We don't. I mean, we we have a fire pit, but that's it. But I mean, why would we need it? I still want it. Yeah, we got trees <laughs> to take down. Uh, generator, water pump. Uh, I don't know. I'm sure it probably takes care of your children when you're out of town. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> uh, it does a lot though. For, yeah, it's awesome. Like I said the the. The footprint it has, the size of it, um, how mobile and everything, it's, um, you get a lot. Yeah, and I'll say this too, like the last thing about it, because you've, you've said it a couple times of like the impact, but like that's another thing I don't think, like, well, I never really thought of before I started learning about soil and the, the life of soil, which if, you know, well, that's a whole other conversation. Um, but pretty much like, you know, there's a lot happening down there and there's we you don't really want to mess with it you know because it needs to happen and it's important <laughs> for like us to live here and you know grow things and just the world in general you know like the soil we need to pay more attention to it and we need to leave it alone more and let it do let it do its thing or whatever but um also just like the the weight and the fact that it's just the two wheels in comparison to the weight of a tractor and everything, that when you think about like just years and years and seasons and seasons and running the tractor over all the time and the the how compact it's going to make the soil, I mean, that alone, even if you don't know anything about the life or whatever that's happening there, it's like if the soil is, is compact like that, how are roots going to go into it? You know, how do you grow in soil like that? So it's just... Um, it's a great, like, uh, what we were talking about last time with the balance. I mean, it would be awesome if we did, you know, really ideal as if we did everything by hand would be the absolute best for everything. But that is not a um, possibility for us right now. Uh, and I, maybe I'm it never go ahead will and be. say ever. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't think that there will ever be a time where we can do that. Um, like, if you're looking to make money off of and, like, be farm farmers and stuff and for our situation and age and whatever what we're doing i don't know maybe it is i'm sure there are people out there doing it but um but for us again what we said last uh, last episode it's all about that balance of trying to you know do make a living off of this but also be a steward of the land and also not kill ourselves doing it <laughs> Yeah, so it's uh, it's great and it's exciting. I'm super pumped. I can't wait, and I can't believe like 
how many more beds that we are like I ran some numbers and I just don't even believe them even though I ran them and I ran them and I ran them I kept doing it um it just doesn't make sense to me how we're going to be getting so many more well we might be losing one or two do you take into consideration the uh where the power pole is and all that so we lose yeah. some space there yeah. it makes sense though I mean everything was just hand hewn last time I mean that's that always leaves room for a lot of air like it looks pretty uniform you know from afar but it's it's not yeah um, I did the best I could no, we did that's great what, you know, like, it looks fine I mean yeah it does but just like flipping them because like I said rotating them and everything yeah it's gonna it's um it's gonna be exciting um, and I think it will eventually set our middle ground a little bit different. Um, or not middle ground, like the, yeah, we're going to have the the main middle path. Um, I think it's going to pull it um, towards the creek more. I think that's going to be one thing. As long as we can get a car in there. We just need that, that aisle. For... Yeah, I'm saying instead of like right now we have like four cr- four across the aisle and then two, and so what I think is going to happen now is there's probably just going to be like one, you know, going the opposite way. So just like 25 feet this way, aisle 25 feet that way, and then everything tucks in like that. So I don't think it's ever going to be just like the two two rows on each side. Which is fine, you know, because eventually it'll be the same amount of beds. We're just going to, like, shift that. I don't think I just did a good um, job of describing it. No, I mean, but. it's it's a visual thing. It's hard to... I mean, <laughs> you, can, you can describe it all you want, but it's hard to get a picture of it without, well, without seeing it. Which, again, I'm going to keep saying it. Go to our blog, and um, you will see pictures of all of this because, you know... I will be posting pictures of all of it. So, yeah, totally. <laughs> um, there's, yeah, much more than that that happens in the blog too. It's a, it's a cool place to check out. You see every like a little window into our lives, not just listen to us and can, you know, conjecture and, and things like that. True. <laughs> um, okay, so we've been we're almost at an hour here just talking about. Uh, bcs farm stuff well i guess there was the drinking there at the beginning yeah well we um, did say it was going to be a farm heavy episode we this did time. but is there anything else you want to talk about uh, as far as the bcs goes before we um move into how we've adjusted our farm plan um no and this this can be a pretty quick a pretty quick one it doesn't have to be i'm just saying well probably i'm, I'm yeah i'm i'm um i'm very excited stay tuned for more and you know really really go watch those videos because he does a great job with it yeah as far as like he shows you what we will be doing once we tackle the learning curve and what the those machines are capable of in a extremely short time like 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 you said each video is like five minutes long and you just kind of sit there watching it with your like your mouth halfway open, like slacked. I like no way that does that. <laughs> and plus, yeah. he makes it look so easy because he's been doing it forever. Yeah. Uh, plus, you never. I mean, we never elaborated on his farm and stuff like that. I, 
I'm not sure about how I know he produces a ton, but he's only on what a two acre farm. It's less than two acres. I think it's one point five. Yeah. And so his um his Here, you, you talk for just a second. I'm going to grab something real quick. Okay. I don't really have a lot to say. I was just going to say is the BCS is what... She's gone. <laughs> talk to air. <laughs> um, she's back. Okay. So his, his book is The, the Market Gardener. Um, a Successful Grower's Handbook for Small-Scale Organic Farming. Um... It is one of the, I mean, if you, if you have any interest, even if you're just interested in growing food for yourself, then you need to seriously check this guy out. He's amazing. Um, but his farm, like I said, is 1.5 acres and I can't remember how much money he said he makes in here. It's a lot. It's right off. It's right in the, the first little. Okay, so <laughs> so this isn't like, and I don't know if he like if he says it at all, but I'll I'll read you that. I just I just caught like the number. So when our sales broke the hundred thousand mark the following year, our micro farm reached a production level. And financial success that most people in agricultural, in the agricultural, <laughs> ah, agricultural, culture, <laughs> agriculture. It's not, it's not the old. Oh, that's no, old on the end of it. <laughs> I just keep making it. But agriculture <laughs> industry believed to be impossible. So they, um, yeah, they they tried to go bigger and. They almost they they their sales dropped and it was it was so much harder all this kind of stuff. So then instead, then they dropped back down to doing just one and a half acres, and you know on one and a half acres making over a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, most people don't like that's not within the realm of possibility in their heads. They think like to have a huge turnaround as far as profit goes, you need a huge plot of land. Like the the bigger the land you have, the more profit margin you're making which isn't necessarily the case and the the bcs itself works extremely well within that model to maximize the space that you have um as far as it it's so many factors um like the size of it the how cheap it is to run it um the maintenance on it is very simple it's a honda motor um honda motors are notoriously awesome as far as like the uh small outboard motor type situation they have going um all the various attachments like you you can run a small town off of just one thing um yeah it's it's a it's very impressive uh long story short <laughs> yeah and he's just like he is he's really just yeah and that guy really like he knows what he's doing he's he's like like i said he's like one of the biggest like him you know joel salatin um i'm trying to think of some of the other ones but i mean really like they're you know joe joel salatin um he's a farmer and everything too but he does he, he did like the um pastured poultry profits book and everything about raising meat birds and stuff like that like these are the people who 
are like the big names and um in farming and homesteading and all that kind of stuff of you know yeah it's a combination of uh knowledge and the right tool for the job and we've got the right tool now we just need to get used to it yeah so it's awesome um also look like i said look at the market gardener um it's 25 bucks 24.95 um you can buy it from him or you can buy it from plenty of other people i think he he says on his website somewhere that you know he gets more money if you buy it directly from him you of course i'm sure can find it cheaper on amazon and other places and stuff and used bookstores and everything but it's great he's 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 awesome so um all right so go into um what we are going to do on the farm yeah adjustments for this year yeah so i guess i can describe why you're flipping through pages and rifling around over there um last year well really i guess the first year we did we focused a lot on succession planning and trying to i guess maximize the time uh might be the better way of describing it uh so we can like always have flowers to produce and things like that but we weren't really utilizing the market that's available for that like that would be it's it's good stuff to know but it's something that we if we were doing our own bouquets or had like some sort of i don't know like supplying a florist or something a local florist um is that right is that like am i, am I doing that right it's something it's not we're not we weren't originally focusing on large bulk sales we were more focused on maximizing the seasons and having a large variety that we could kind of pump into small suppliers because we wanted to do like csa type things and right. yeah and like bouquet um, type stuff and yeah like and like be supply more of, small businesses yeah. and things like that so we wanted some diversity we were looking to be more farmer florist as well like that's the um versus just flower farmers so right that's like a one of the industry terms. Like a lot of people are farmer florists. Yeah, and to but, like build your own bouquets and things like that, you mm-hmm. need variety so you can supply, you know, people with something that they've either never seen or didn't think about, or just you know, like a, a multicolored explosion of of flowers like in their hand that they can hold and bring home, um, which isn't. It's not a bad model, but it's not. But um, the the problem with that when you're first starting out and you have absolutely zero growing experience is it is absolutely overwhelming because to grow a large variety of stuff everything grows differently so you're keeping track of a lot and and we did you know yeah I mean, you did uh, um i mean <laughs> i didn't do much as far as keeping track but yeah okay so well, i i did i kept track you know and again that's that's part of my job that's a part of the farm manager job like you know i kept track and and i figured all this stuff out and did everything but it's very hard and and what i what i started the the lines i started thinking along are we've always i not to cut you off but you're not mentioning the fact that we're running a full-time job on the side or uh, yeah. honestly like the farms on the side at the moment eventually it's gonna be our other job on the side but right yeah there's that too <laughs> um true 
and that's a that's a big one too so yeah time is time is everything time is everything um but the other thing i was gonna say is like we don't um we don't know how to grow this stuff um we're supposed to be using the time when we're at work to, or when we're still working off farm, I should say, um, to do trials and everything. And I realized we were, we just kept growing the same stuff. So it's like, okay, we we're supposed to try this stuff out and either it's, it works well for what we can do right now. It's something that we might table until we have a better setup or, you know, more space for starting seeds or stuff. Or there's more time to pay attention to it. Or we don't, um, or we don't grow it again. Um, you know, this is, this is what we're supposed to be deciding. So if we're just continuously growing the same stuff all over and over, we're not doing that. Um, so we just needed to look at the stuff, decide what we wanted to try again, scratch some stuff, which even like we wound up scratching stuff that I had already bought seeds for and everything, but we're still, we're just going to scratch it because, you know, either our, we're, we're more interested in other areas, like we're, we have more excitement about it or, um, you know, it's just like, okay, we've tried these for two years and we haven't gotten good, good results or, you know, in some of these cases, like we haven't seen any results like no no flowers off of them so why are we going to keep just like beating our heads against it when we don't have the time to really figure out or spend or whatever or the resources or whatever whatever the case is we don't we we just can't figure it out right now so just just screw it you know yeah plus i was tired of growing a lot of the same stuff i didn't want to grow it anymore because again like if you're getting if you're not if you're not getting anything off it and you just keep trying and you never get anything off it then how are you supposed to get excited about that you know i'm not excited about it screw it so i was like whatever get it out so we we chopped a lot and i think i mentioned on the last episode like we had already chopped a lot (laughs) but we went back and we chopped a lot more um which but it's it's cool because i'm i'm really excited and that was the other thing with all of this is like i was losing some of like the push to you know some of the drive of like why i wanted to do this and it's really hard to do things when you're tired from your off-farm job to come back and do things that you're not really excited about. So, again, playing to your my psychology, like, make it something that I'm excited to try out. And then it'll be easier to, to keep pushing through. And it'll check all the other squares and, and boxes and all that, too. So, um, so that's what we decided to do. I'm excited about it. Yeah, and um, not everything we dropped was because we weren't having trouble with it. There's a few things we dropped that were doing extremely well two years in a row. So we figured we know how to handle that as well. So yeah. we can stop focusing on it, stop like use that energy and put it into something else that we need to uh, have more experience on or learn more about. Right. Agoratum. We've never had a problem with agaritum. It grows beautifully. We're not going to do it, you know? Yeah, no need to. It loves our climate. It's easy to take care of. It's great. And, you know, and again, like um, like I said, like we're, we, we are supposed to be trying other stuff. So like, like, like you just said, if it's 
if we did it, then we did it. Let it go. Put it on the list of things to that we will definitely grow again when we have more space and we aren't working or when one of us stops working or whatever. So um, so what what stayed on the list, you may ask? Hmm. I don't know. What's your list look like over there? Hmm. You're the one with all the, the pages. My list looks pretty good. So what's on those lists? Okay. So we are going to have 32 beds total for sure. We'll probably... I would say most likely have more than that. But as of now, and for the flowers, we will have 32 beds. Six of those beds we planted with snapdragons um, in the fall. And some of them made it. Some of them did not. (laughs) Some of them might surprise us too. Yeah, that's the thing. We don't really know what's going to happen with these. We didn't really overwinter properly in the fact that like we didn't use frost cloth like we were supposed to on any of this stuff that I'm about to talk about. We were supposed to, but we didn't. And, you know, but it's okay. Um, All of this stuff, we're just going to, it's kind of in its own little section. It's the section I like to call the trial section because everything I throw over there doesn't really seem to work out. And I never pay attention to any of it or do any of it right. So um, I just like to call it the trial section. And then I don't feel bad about it like when everything fails. Well, the biggest problem is uh, sunlight in that section because it's cut in between the woods and the creek. So it doesn't get as much sunlight as the rest of the field does and everything. So it's hard to put... Well, it's also it's a lot wetter too um, compared to the rest of it. It's hard to put that much energy into something that's such a variable... Um, so trial section is great because if it works out there, then it works. It works probably anywhere. Yeah, probably. <laughs> and especially how we how we treat like our trials. Um, trials kind of some well, I'd say at least fifty percent of the time are things that we get excited about, but then like get lost in the shuffle, and then we're just like, "Oh, you survived! Awesome! We'll try you again mm. another year." Because we're, you know, if you survived this, then you can survive it, like you said. If you made it, then you made it. Yeah. We should we should put more effort into you because you survived the worst conditions. So we have six beds of snapdragons. Um, we did the same overwintering with some straw flower and bells of Ireland. Um, and we'll see about those. The bells of Ireland um, were actually direct seeded versus transplanted so those are the ones that i honestly have the um most hope for because if nothing else then maybe they'll just like maybe they didn't germinate before and maybe they're just going to germinate now like on their regular schedule mm-hmm. because they are one of those that you direct seed super early like if we were planting another bed of them we would be putting them in like now um, expecting a couple more hard frosts like they like like that head of cold so who knows um, we did the straw flower we did one bed of those that we transplanted I did not see a single one of those the the snapdragons I at least see some still out there but who knows they could maybe the leaves died out and the roots survived and they'll pop back up in summer we'll see what or you know in spring or whatever we'll see so um, all of those beds we are just totally leaving alone until 
probably midsummer. Um, not the Snapdragons. The Snapdragons, these are we know that they're they're Chantillys, um, which are an Azalea Bloom Snapdragon, and they are the earliest Snapdragons to bloom. So if they survived, they should definitely, you know, we should be seeing them and and growth and everything like by April. So if we're not seeing anything by the end of April, then we can use those buds for something else. Um, the other stuff then I'd like to wait and see. Bells of Ireland is normally a cooler, like the more beginning spring type crop or whatever. So I don't know, but I'll probably leave that bed alone just in case to just see if maybe like they'll throw something up later. I don't know. Right. Um, and then we have a a bed of daffodils that we planted. These were ones that we just pulled up from around the house when we bought it. She had a lot of daffodils that daffodil beds and she hadn't um she never went in and like like divided them out or or not really divided because they don't really need to be divided but like they they sprout off or whatever and eventually you need to take take some out and like thin them out and spread spread the daffodils or else they'll just you know die um and they won't look as nice and all that kind of stuff so we pulled a lot of those those are actually already i mean when i looked at them they're at least like six six inches tall already so those Mm. um those are nice. We should have a, a little early crop of those and hopefully can sell those. Um, yeah, if you want to put it in perspective, we got over 100 bulbs in a circle that was it probably had a diameter of three feet. Um, it was insane. And that happened, I think, what, two or three places she had around here where mm-hmm. she just let them go and they, they took off. They love it. They've always been, and we still find in those beds where we took all those out there's still some that we missed some of the small bulbs that will pop up like every year oh yeah and daffodils are great for like people who are looking for stuff around your house they're awesome in the in the fact that like they are so hard to kill like we pulled all these up right and we were supposed to transplant them you know yeah first off wrong time of year because i didn't do my rear and just like we needed to put (laughs) we wanted to put a clothesline in so this this was part of the reason we dug some of these up um and it was the wrong time of year horrible like they should have died um we did not keep them properly i threw them all in like a plastic tub just you know like those rubbermaid tubs i just threw them all in there um and forgot about them and just like well i mean i didn't forget about them they were on a list but i just kept like ignoring it for a long time um for a while i thought that they like got molded but then they didn't but they were really damp for a little bit, but, you know, but then everything was fine. We didn't even, like, really even ever go back and, like, shake the dirt off of them or anything. And then finally we went back through and we pulled them. We left them up on a shelf in our office area for a year. There's still a box of them. There's, there, we do still have a box in there. <laughs> but then the other ones we left up for, like, a year. And then we finally decided to plant them, um, just threw them out. Barely marked the beds. Like I, I tossed them um, some leaves that we got um, on top is like mulch, and they grew last year. And again, I planted them at the wrong time, like way late, <laughs> way late. And oh, is she is she saying hello? Oh, she's just hurting you. Yeah. Oh, keep going. Um, but yeah, we planted them at the wrong time. They popped up at like, I don't know, mid-fall. They just started growing 
you know. And I was like, oh, maybe we'll get like a like a crop of daffodils. We didn't. No, it wasn't fall because I said maybe we'll get a late crop. So we planted them at the wrong time and then they sprouted up. It must have been like the beginning of summer. Um, they grew, but then they didn't flower or anything. And then, yeah, now they're, they just pop, pop back up again. Um, and I'd forgotten about them. I was actually like tromping over there, like looking at other stuff. And I looked down and I was like, oh, shit, I'm in the daffodil bed. <laughs> so, yeah, if you want, if you want some really easy plants to take care of, like buy some daffodil bulbs, bulbs, you know, buy like five in like a year, you'll have like probably 50. I don't, I don't actually know that for, for realsies, but um they do like divide out fast and everything so anyway we have a bed of those um we have yarrow which we will actually be moving this bed somewhere else um but it's really pretty it's a pretty one it's a perennial instead of an annual a lot of them are a lot of what we grow are annual so this one we're going to establish like a super permanent bed for um so we have those and then the rest of the stuff this is where it all gets exciting um we're gonna do two more beds of straw flower um and all these beds are 25 feet long each and 30 inches wide um so we're gonna do two more beds of straw flower we're gonna do one trial bed of which Sam is actually in charge of this one. Do you want to talk about the trial bed that you're going to do? Uh, sure. Uh, it's Celosia for the most part. Um, we almost wrote it off last year. We had um, success with certain types and I guess breeds, if you want to call them that, and not so much with some other ones. I know at one point last year we had adjusted the, the uh, seed starting soil, which helped out in the long run. But... Um, we almost wrote it off, but we love Celosia. Um, so we wanted, I, I might've been more me than you, but I wanted to see like how they would work direct seeded because the seeds themselves are like almost microscopic, like the, the flathead of a pen, uh, size. So it's, it's hard to direct seed them. You don't even bury them or anything like that. So, um, it would, it would be nice to know how they actually worked out as far as direct seeding goes versus starting them inside. Um, so we have, have we're going to do like five different ways of dealing with them um, all in one bed. Is that about right? We're going to do like some direct seeding. We're going to do some sprouting. Um, I don't think we're going to be doing any kind of transplants. Um, what else no, is I on think your list I there? Yeah, those are the two main ways, but there's going to be three different types, which is probably why you're thinking of like five or six, because it'll be like... Yeah, because each one's going to have a couple of different ways of dealing yeah. with it. Yeah, so it's you're going to do the coxcomb, um, which is the one that looks like a brain. Um, and some of them are larger and flatter. Yeah, but it kind of looks like, I mean, it looks like a... It looks like the comb of a chicken. Mm -hmm. um, and then it also has a, like, Celosia is cool because it has three different styles. It has a coxcomb, plume, and then um, wheat. So wheat looks like um, wheat. And <laughs> plume is kind of like a, like, more feathery. Um, they're all gorgeous. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but yeah, you're going to be the colors. coxcomb and the plume. Right. And then Gomfrina, which is... Oh, yeah, Gomfrina. I forgot about that. Uh, yeah, we've had great there. success with that the last couple of years. Um, it's more in the vein of like a a mix between, I guess, celosia and straw flowers. Mm-hmm. So like the petals of the flower themselves are kind of papery. Uh, they're very good for um, like drying and storing and stuff like that. Um, I personally just think they look really cool. They're tiny little like globe type things, like almost fractal in a way. Yeah, um, that's, it's also what like personally I love them too because it's those are the um, – I wore those in my hair um, for the wedding. Oh, right. Um, And that's that's another reason, like, they're cool because you can dry them and everything, but they also, like, corsage work, uh, flower crowns, things like wearable flower stuff, then they're great for because very stiff stems, and then they don't, since they're what's called an everlasting, um, just like straw flowers, since they dry and they kind of keep that color and everything, then, again, you can uh, wear them all day in your hair for your wedding for, you know... 18 hours and they'll still be fine and then you can save them for memories and stuff although i didn't save mine no <laughs> throw that out there i did it <laughs> i probably should have but i didn't I but yeah so they're 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 really versatile flower um the seeds are larger than celosia so they're easier to start but um But we still had difficulty starting them up. Not as much as the Celosia. Um, but everyone loved it. Like when, you know, uh, when we were on vacation in Florida, then we had Loretta of Neverending Flower Farm. You know, we let her come out to our fields and she specifically needed Celosia and she raved about ours, as did like our, you know, the buyer at Blooms on Tap. Um, so even though it was difficult, for us then we do get good results on it and everyone really loves it so and once we got them in the ground then they were fine like we didn't really have to you know they were really hardy once we got them to the transplant stage and like in there then they just like rocked out they loved the heat they didn't care that it was you know super rainy last year which was awesome (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know so so they're good um and cool so we're going to see what, what happens when we direct seed them. Yeah. Um, let's see. I'm going to hold on both of those, actually. Uh, the We're going to do two beds of flocks, which is... Um, it's pretty. It's it's like, um, like little sprays of flowers, kind of. Um, like tiny flowers. It's more of... Um, I think that it would be considered more of a filler than like a bloom yeah um, like a big flower because again it's like little sprays of like tiny it's a delicate i'm kind of concerned about that because they do say that it loses its petals easily so i'm concerned about that but we'll see we'll see how that works um two beds of nigella which on a side note i could be pronouncing all of this stuff wrong so don't just like be like oh sammy said it this way like this is how it's supposed to be said like i'm i might be wrong um, Nigella, that one's cool because you can use the flower or you can wait until the petals fall off and use the, um, seed pod as a flower too, which, so that's like, or like in bouquets and stuff. So that's cool. Um, two beds of scabiosa, 
um, which is pincushion flower. Um, it's kind of like a chrysanthemum, except like smaller. Um, I don't know. Maybe like bigger than a quarter. And I could be wrong on that too, but that's like from pictures and stuff. I feel like it's like maybe like a like a half dollar size or something like that. We are going to do two beds of calendula, um, which is kind of like marigolds, except not. It's a little bit later season, a um, little sturdier. Well, I mean, I shouldn't say sturdier. Marigolds are sturdy, but a little different look. Kind of, um, kind of cross between like marigolds and black-eyed Susans or like daisies or something. Um, three beds of zinnias because we want to work on that. Um, because zinnias are a workhorse in like uh, like cut flowers. Um, they're perfect for the climate and everything we're in. And we need to get better at growing them. Um, we've had... We've done all right with them. Um, but not, you know, not great, to be honest. Which is silly, too, because they're supposed to be some of the easiest flowers to grow. So We've never had any luck with them. Yeah. Well, I mean, last year, like, they, you know, they were all right. Well, sort of, but they... I caught on too late. They barely flowered. And then yeah. the bugs ate the crap out of them when they did. So, yeah. Um, so the last nine beds, um, for those of you keeping count, then three of them are going to be dianthus, which is, um, n more commonly known as sweet William or carnations. So we're excited about that. Um, these are going to be cool ones too because they're going to be the ones that have kind of like the streaky colors like in their petals. Um, so that's cool. And then our big one, we are doing six beds of dahlias from seed. So mm -hmm. that's huge. It's um, also a way for us to build up our dahlia tuber supply without actually buying them because they're expensive. I think we've talked about this on the podcast before. Um, and they did that at one point. Yeah. I mean, they can go like 14 bucks a bulb, um, depending on, you know, what type it is and everything. So yeah, you can get some for, you know, like a dollar and stuff too, but like the, you know, cafe LA, then they're, I mean, they're expensive, mm. which ours aren't going to be those gigantic pristine ones. Um, but they might some be, some of them might be because it's a mix. Um, but yeah, I guess. Uh, what else we? Well, with those we did, we're deciding to do three different um, kinds. So we are doing two beds of the ones we grew last year, which are from Johnny Seeds um, hybrids, and they're just kind of like a you don't know what you're going to get on there. We had some, we had singles, we had doubles, we had some showpieces, we had some cactus ones. Um, we had kind of all across the board, but they did really, really well. So we're doing two of those. We're doing two beds of, um, the pom-pom, which is these, um, I think are like what most people are going to think of when they think of dahlias, um, except for like the, the cafe olays and stuff. These are more of like the, lots of almost, almost the petals, look like tubular um 
versus like Cafe Olay's, those dahlias are ones that the petals are more like poofy. Um, they're, they're like called doubles, but they have like a whole lot of petals. These are more like there's a lot, but they look like more geometric on the pom-poms. So we're doing two beds of those. And then we're doing two beds of Showtime, which are those like the big poofy, poofy ones, not as large diameter wise as Cafe Olay's and stuff like that. They'll be smaller, but, um, but they'll have like that real show quality on them. So that's really exciting too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, have all that variety is pretty cool. So yeah, that's what that's um that's what we're growing this year. Um and I'm pumped about it. Yeah, it should be a little more um even more manageable every time it's been a little you know, there's been growth as far as management goes um and our production value and everything so I mean, with the vcs it should be like butter so we'll see how it goes so i guess uh that's i mean for now that's it that's it for the farm stuff i suppose um we'll keep everybody being you listeners up to date um as far as how all these these new changes and plans and aspirations work out we'll see how they how they do honestly i feel much better this uh this season uh not that i didn't feel bad last season but i don't know for some just for some reason i feel much more confident going into this i mean we even excuse me we even went down to um I didn't even mention changing the fact that we're not using biodegradable mulch or anything like that this time around. So, uh, because of the BCS and all of that, we, we didn't really change our system, but since we're focusing on trying to, um, you know, do more direct seeding and things like that, then we, uh, we're just kind of adjusting as far as like what's available to the elements. We're going to be using all of our hand equipment and stuff like that, um, to, do the weeding um which is a the a big part of that is the double wheel hoe which we'll we'll chat about that on on a different episode but it's a cool thing if anyone's like real interested and wants to check it out yeah uh hoss double wheel hole hole hoe um kind of the same thing as the bcs has got it well i'm I'm not gonna go into it you guys will find out later or just check it out hoss (laughs) um anyway so yeah, because of because of the new equipment and the, and the change in, um, like st- not really structure, but as far as like growing, and everything, then yeah, we're we're just expanding our horizons on that, like trying a new type of of growing, um, which is direct seed, not not doing the ins- the starts inside, um, but like I said, we'll keep you posted as far as how that turns out, um. It could be awesome. It could be a disaster. And it depends on the weather. We're letting ourselves be much, uh, much more not prone, but uh, vulnerable to the to the elements. And we will see how that works. If it's anything like this previous year, it might be a disaster. But that's just because you can't really control the rain. It happens, and everybody else did pretty bad because of the weather last year as far as other flower farmers and stuff are concerned 
Um, it was an extremely hard year for farmers. Um, and normally that's not because of wetness. <laughs> Usually okay. it is something else. <laughs> um, but enough of that, I suppose. Uh, we promised some cinematic adventure talk last time. Um, we have actually a lot to go into as far as uh, non-farm things, but I think I'm going to table a lot of that until next episode just because we're getting on a little long here. Um, but keeping a chronological order and also probably starting with the most awesome thing. Um, we saw Enter the Spider-Verse a long-ass time ago. It was Was it before amazing. Christmas? It wasn't before Christmas. It was right, right after. It was a long time ago. It feels like forever ago. It I wanna, does feel like I forever ago. I want to watch it again. It's still in theaters. I want to go see it. But no, here's <laughs> the thing. When uh, So when, when Kelsey was in town, you guys went to see Aquaman, but you were you were thinking about going to see that. That was right before Christmas, mm-hmm. right? So I think we saw it at the be- right after New Year's. Yeah, it was New like Year's Day. Like before your right. birthday. It was. Yeah, it was before your birthday. It was after. First. Okay. I so, remember now. So like a month ago, we saw it, and it was amazing. Yeah. Um. I, I wish I had seen it more recently, so I could talk better about it, um, as far as like details and things like that. But if you're any sort of fan of Spider-Man from any genre, uh, medium whatever if if there's a certain spider-man thing that has connected you to that character that movie will at the very least acknowledge that um which you don't really get from a lot of stuff and and it sounds like almost impossible to pull off to have like every every spider-man anything in one movie um and they they do. I mean, there's like the the plot line itself helps that along, um, but I mean, all that character appreciation aside, the movie itself is almost like I see it as more of a like a, an art piece, but at the same time, reverence to the medium itself. Um, I don't know. You, you gotta... Yeah, I mean, it's it's like you you're you're watching a a comic book, you know. Yeah, and there's things they did to make that more like feel more apparent because like changing the frame rate um, and doing all the like they have the CG characters and stuff like that, then adding these like rotoscope layers and stuff on top of it, um, all these different filters and things. I am. And even throughout the movie, that sort of adjusts and things like that. So you, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really great. Yeah, uh, like I, like I said, it's more of a. It feels like more of an artistic approach, and it's it's really hard to describe without without seeing it. Because, but even all of that aside, even if you don't, if you're not like a multimedia person or or even into Spider-Man, honestly. Yeah, like, I mean, that's I mean, it's true. Just, it's, it's just a good movie. Like, it's fun. Mm-hmm. It's fun. You will enjoy it. It is not 
it's not like any Spider-Man that you have seen before on a t- on the TV. I mean, a little bit because it is like Spider-Man. Spider-Man's there, or whatever. But it's not. It's it's so different. Like, I mean, it, it is just a lot of fun. Yeah, even all the stuff aside, all the details, all of the stuff that you can pick up on if you want to. Um, yeah, it it stands alone as a fantastic movie. Great storyline. Um, not the most original thing, but they, to their credit, they still gave twists and turns that you wouldn't see coming. Um, fantastic sense of humor. The pace is very fast, but not in the way that it feels like out of control, like say Lego movie or mostly Lego Batman. For some reason, when I think these new age childy geared family movies, then it feels like more schizophrenic, I suppose, because of, you know, everybody's used to that. It's almost like Like looking at a phone. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it has that pace, but it never loses the depth, which is, and insane balance that they they struck i mean it that's great yeah it's a very uh it's you think uh you think you've seen it all and like the bar is like hit kind of its peak or whatever until like there's a new way to experience movies but somehow they just kind of inch that a little bit further yeah it's Uh, like it's it's it is literally nothing you've ever seen before I mean, to my knowledge, you know, like in in my mind, it is nothing I've ever seen before. Like the the exact style that they hit. Yeah, that's another thing, yeah. But at the same time, it's like, it's, I don't know. I don't know. It's just like they they did an amazing job. Um, It's not, it's not like anything, I don't know. It just feels so absolutely perfect. Like for something that's being that that is like different and unique, then it also just doesn't feel like that at all. I think because, like I said, it just really looks like you're, or it feels like you're just watching a comic book, you know, mm-hmm. um, which I've never gotten like that feeling off of anything before. Yeah, know? like that that ever, and the the soundtrack is absolutely amazing. That I helps a lot. It. I mean, <laughs> the visuals and the audio help a yeah, lot. I mean, they, Plus, the I mean, the actors and stuff. Like all yeah. the voice acting was top notch. I think all, all the choices for who they play was perfect. Uh, Do you realize Nicolas Cage was the black and white? Yes. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah. I never caught it until afterwards. Like he, would, it well, almost oh. felt like somebody spoofing him or whatever. Well, I knew. I knew that he was like I. I had seen that he was in it. I didn't know which one he was going to be, and I right. didn't know until the credits rolled because I was. I couldn't figure it out. Yeah, so I, I was like, none of you sound like Nicolas Cage. But, you but then, tell, like once, like, once I saw it, then I was like, oh well, duh. <laughs> you know, like yeah. that's what I remember thinking. Like absolutely, like duh. Like of course that was him. You yeah. know. <laughs> and once you see the opposite side, you can you realize that uh, he was having just as much fun with it as less as viewers or anybody else involved in the movie mm-hmm. um to have that because even the character some of that stuff kind of matches up with his uh you know like cheesy movies and stuff he's played yeah. in other characters so like <laughs> but then to lean into that and understand what it is and the humor involved but also that's like a real thing within the comics so i mean who knows what he was thinking about when he was doing it but he could have gotten just as serious as you could silly um, with that character. But either way, it would have played out like very nicely on screen. Mm -hmm. Um, 
yeah, this has been honestly like the most balanced thing I've seen in a very long time um, as far as movies go. And yeah, hopefully they make more. I know they have a second one slated. Um, it's so great. It was just like it, it, it's very emotional to you. Oh yeah, it is for sure. It is. I mean, it's just it, it's just really good. I I really enjoyed it. Um, I said, uh, and I have just been listening to the soundtrack. Like, you know, I told Henry today at work. <laughs> I mean, I, like, with you the guys were radio station, it. I was yeah. Well, I <laughs> was playing. You know, I opened to anytime I open now. Like, I haven't like actually been playing my music when I opened recently, but. Since I since I started listening to that soundtrack, like any time that I'm opening, then I'll like put it on my phone and like put it in the tip jar so it amplifies it out. That's why Henry had heard me listening to it earlier because he was like, "Weren't you listening to this the other day when I came out here to like look at brownies or something or like whatever?" And I was like, "Yeah." And then like later in the kitchen, then you were playing it, and I was like, "I love this CD." <laughs> yeah it's like or the soundtrack or whatever i was like it's awesome <laughs> it's good i and how they use it within the scenes and stuff like that was top notch yes. i mean i that what's up danger song the first one on yes. that album is oh i mean it's a awesome pump-up song but then you have all the visual the visuals the <laughs> <laughs> the visuals that went along with that like that whole ride the culmination because that's like the you know miles is well, was, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just watch the movie and you'll know like they could it's not a, have yeah, put it's like the it perfect at the most climax, perfect. Yeah, it's a, oh, all God, these emotions it's great. that you've been experiencing. <laughs> yeah, so then that like now that we know and we're listening to it, like anytime I'm listening to it, I'm just like, yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I played that song immediately once we got in the car, like leaving mm-hmm. the theater. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's awesome. It's very. I'm. I'm getting pumped up thinking about it. <laughs> But I mean, it's still in it's still in theaters, which is saying something. It's been killing it in box office stuff, which is good. Um, Aquaman is still in theaters too. We need to. I need yeah, to see I still that haven't seen Aquaman. I'm upset about that. But honestly, I would. I I'm really interested in seeing Into the Spider Verse again too. Oh yeah. So I don't know. Side note: uh, Crimes of Grindelwald is in uh, Asheville Pizza right now. Three dollars. Kind of want to go see that again too. Yeah, that was pretty good. It felt like the little like, you know, you start with the you know if they have the the series planned or whatever, then you got the this first jump off of the the first movie, and then kind of a skip on the second one to mm-hmm. make for a nice landing on the third one. So, yeah. I as one of those uh, well, I think it was, I think it was one of the Lord of the Rings movies, especially the first Hobbit, but it's like. You're well, into it and everything's going. That's got a good flow. And all, all of a sudden, it's over. And you're like, wait, I wasn't yeah, ready for this two, ride to stop. <laughs> yeah, it's the two towers. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, because that ending battle, Gandalf coming over the mountaintop with fucking sunlight. Yeah. You're like, oh. Right. And then it's just like done. Yeah. And you're like, oh. Which is awesome once everything is done. But yeah, because Return of the King, man. Mm, love yeah, that movie. Totally. Great, great, great movie. But yeah, like I want to watch um, the first one, um, Fantastic Beasts. Yeah, and right. then and then go see it because it, honestly, like I can't, I can't quite remember it. I don't remember what we did that day either. 
but I can't like I mean I I remember it but I'm like I don't know I feel like I'm missing like some chunks you know weirdly enough I'm in kind of the same boat where maybe it's that same thing where it didn't blow me out of my seat but it was still like entertaining but the entire day was like entertaining so like it just kind of gets lost on this happy euphoria that we had that day um, which isn't yeah, bad, like, but it's the same thing as it's, it's the stepping stone to the next mm-hmm. big thing that's happening. So it's hard to, I mean, it's almost like us watching a TV show in a way, <laughs> like right. we enjoyed it, but we're just kind of waiting for that next little cap on it that it needs. So it makes it hard to be memorable because there's, yeah, there's really nothing there to grab, like hold on to a lot of stuff happened and stuff like that, but but yeah, until you have like the ending, then it's just it's a middle. Yeah, me mentally, that you don't yeah, know I'm where like... it's going, so it's like nothing. <laughs> you know, like there's nothing to like cook into, to kind of. Right. So, I don't know. Um, House movie, House movie, Castle is coming up this week too. So yeah, like the Ghibli thing is finally getting. Like, I, I'm assuming they're it's putting almost in, over. Like, it's almost over. I thought they were doing it in order, but I'm not really sure. Uh they're not doing all of them. Uh... Um and. Wherever we're at, I'm pretty sure they've done like five or six already. And I think that there's like maybe two more after Howl's Moving Castle, maybe three. But I'm pretty sure it's just two. Like it's um it's it's close it, like it's over the halfway point for sure. Yeah, and that's the the Studio Ghibli uh celebration thing that Astral Pizza Company's doing. We kinda jumped into that out of nowhere. Oh, yeah, I talked about <laughs> Crimes of Grindelwald being there, so it just made me think of it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry, y'all. But uh, to their credit, they had a lot of these, actually, I've never heard of, um, which is pretty cool. Yeah, there was one that they said specifically was not okay for kids that I'd never heard yeah. of. And yeah, the old, I'm, earlier I'm stuff. I'm interested in something about fireflies or something. Uh, I can't remember. Um, but, but, yeah, I've never seen that. I've never heard of it. I'm I'm interested. Yeah. But, Studio right. Ghibli's awesome. Sorry. Um, I did just kind of, I did jump. <laughs> is there more cinematic adventure to talk about? No, no, that, that's about it. I was going to segue into, oh, what was it? I had this perfect little setup in my head, but I can't remember what it was. Anyway, we'll just go into it. Hey, Ben Affleck's not Batman anymore. Oh, yeah, there's, so why? There's that. Like, <laughs> what's that why. all about? It's been a shit show since, um, since Justice League. And you know he's always going back and forth on the the standalone Batman movie, whether or not he's going to be Batman, whether or not it's going to be like a different time zone, or even like just a standalone thing. Because mm-hmm. they even have you know the random Joker movie that's coming out is nothing that involves any of the the DC universe. Uh, so that's kind of it's cool, but also kind of annoying. It's the same thing as like Venom uh, with the Spider Man stuff. Like if it ends up killing it then it's kind of disappointing that it, it won't tie in. Um, but it also doesn't detract from it being a movie. It's just one of those little extra right. like, ding on top. Um, so it's a lot of stuff. I mean, originally when the Batman movie was slated, uh, Ben Affleck was writing and directing it. That got like shelved. Um, there's the insane fan reaction to Justice League that happened, uh, really honestly, to this entire DC arc. Um, there's yeah. been so much, mm. so much nerdy as... back and forth. I know. Same <laughs> thing we always talk about. Like, just, geez, everybody just chill out, you know? 
Right. I mean, we grew up with this stuff too, but you know what? Things are allowed to change and morph. Remember all of the bad times, you know? Like, just put everything in perspective. Yeah. But, I mean, Do we want more of the Iceman cometh? <laughs> Come on. It's funny. They actually equated his performance in uh, Justice League to uh, George Clooney doing Batman, which... I don't know. Maybe if I watch it another like 10 times, it might get to that point where I'm like, oh, this seems campy. <laughs> but it's nothing like it. I don't even know why they're making comparisons. Because the, the article from a couple of days ago, whenever he like was finally announced, was talking about that and how, I don't know if that's, it, they never confirmed that's a linchpin, but at least like the headline made it sound like because it was so campy that he decided to drop out because it looked like it was going towards the old Joel Schumacher situation. Oh, wait, but which so, is entirely so wait, wrong. Ben Affleck dropped out. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, he decided to. He he's not. He wasn't canned. He dropped out, which he's been saying he's going to since the last movie. Well, I always thought like if, the other aspect that I read it's because I do remember reading articles about how like they were just like kind of trying to force him out. The fans and stuff were. Oh, I thought it were. was more of like the studio and stuff. No, whatever. I, I mean, I was been, assuming because of the fan the reaction or whatever. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Just like, but I mean, the Flash was great. I mean, and Wonder Woman's awesome. Like, well, here's the. This is what I wanted to talk Aquaman's about. Not great. necessarily Ben Affleck not being Batman, but this uh, we most likely might come into a very strange transition. Um, oh. My tongue felt like it folded in half right there. Transition. <laughs> Something about the ishin just felt Transition. weird in my mouth. <laughs> so you avid listeners probably heard me fumble over that last time. Transition. Yeah, how many times did I have to try to say agriculture before? <laughs> I still can't do it. <laughs> no, I just had to take a second because I was like, "Don't mess this up." <laughs> it's just some words that just kind of instead of agricultural. <laughs> well, I just keep it like I'm. I'm. I say agricultural more than agriculture. Yeah. All right. English language. It's silly. Um, but yeah, it might be because of the, su- the success of all the other standalone movies. Like Wonder Woman did fantastic. Aquaman is actually killing it. That's still in theaters. Uh, like I think I said before. And it came out before Spider-Verse. I think it, it beat box office numbers for Justice League or Batman versus Superman. Like one of the... Oh, it's now like that. Aside from, I don't know about the long run, but it might be higher than Wonder Woman. Um, I don't think it will outgross it, but it's getting close. <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, it was the number one movie for like a long time. Yeah, which is surprising because is it what Aquaman or Wonder Woman? No, who are you talking Aquaman. about? Aquaman. You don't think it's surprising? No, I, mean, I don't think it's surprising. Because, of because Jason here's Momoa. the thing. <laughs> right. Because they're all the people who are comic book fans are going to see Aquaman. Everyone else is going to see Jason Momoa. It's like, true. It is absolutely true. And As they everybody should, he's fantastic. <laughs> everybody loves Jason Momoa. He's absolutely fantastic. He's just like a fun, goofy go- dude, it seems like yeah. that he's just like living like his best life out there, like rocking <laughs> out, like having a good time. Yeah like being totally in love with his wife and his kid and out there being a star and he's incredibly attractive yeah you know like come on like yeah everyone's you know i mean i was talking to like uh 
to you know Adrian and Kira about it, and um, <laughs> and Jay like and Jay and was there too because you know like he he watches uh the comic book stuff. That's another thing, and that's something that we can actually talk about because when he talks about cars, I'm like I'm not listening to you. Um, but you can talk and he's like cool and he just keeps talking and I just don't listen to him and then we're like awesome love you you know well I'm like that and bye um, but with comic books or whatever we actually talk about it and at one point then you know like I was telling them because he asked me if I had seen Aquaman and I was like no I was like Sam and Kelsey went to go see it and I was working so I actually haven't seen it. I need to go and um, and Kira was like oh we can have a girls day and Adrian was like we can absolutely have a girls day <laughs> you know and she doesn't really know or follow like or you know or she's not and she's the only reason she watches it is because like Jay and Kira are into it like she's not really into it so and then later she was like he is hot she was like I don't even care and I was like oh I know I know <laughs> like yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, he's like, come on, on a mer- uh, yeah, underwater all the time. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, even without that star power or whatever, they did a fantastic job as far as I want to know. You know, just <laughs> not going to spoil anything. <laughs> um, the Aquaman itself being such a the setting itself can lit like tend to be very campy and it's very easy to over CG or under CG or something like that. So I don't know, just it's, that's a very hard thing to do mm-hmm. what they did and they nailed it. I mean, the story itself, it, the story was good, but some of the dialogue was, I'll take it or leave it. Um, but all in all, as far as just watching a movie, Super fun. Um, even found some ways to new, do some new stuff. Getting off topic, though, what I was going to say is like the because of this Ben Affleck thing um, not being Batman, and because of the success of all the standalone movies, not the the team movies. Plus, the the team movies had a big problem as far as production because they you, you know like Justice League switched directors three quarters of the way through it, which is insane. I don't even know how how that's. Yeah, like considered. how can yeah how can you do that? How can yeah, you, and they, how that, can like on either side of it, it to do good? Well, come on. <laughs> yeah, like yeah on either. How can you leave a project like that? How can you pick it up at that? And how can someone just be like okay? Well, Snyder you know, got forced out of it, sort of. Uh, that may be why you're thinking Affleck got pushed out no, of it because that director he I, I I don't know the whole but story. But Snyder isn't the he the like he's a he's a comic book artist and or no, a writer, that, right? No. Oh my god. If if he did <laughs> It's Zack Snyder. Yeah, Zack Snyder. Yeah, but uh what's oh my god. Now I'm just gonna pull a brain fart. Scott Snyder. Oh, Scott Snyder okay. is the <laughs> I can't believe I lost his name right there. Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. Uh, started wow. the Batman series. Scott Snyder is a amazing writer. Never get him confused with Zack Snyder. Uh, Scott Snyder will blow your friggin' mind. Well, and who's who's Zack Snyder? Zack Snyder did uh, Watchmen. He's always been movie like a director guy. Oh, um, he's the one that okay. he did three hundred. Um, pretty oh, okay. much. Okay, word. Focused no, I got on you comic now. things. A really, really awesome visionary director as far as taking and lately not so much because he's 
you know, trying to come up with his own stuff. The previous ones that made him super popular were because he had this uncanny ability to take comic panels and make them movies. Like you could, uh, 300 was nutty. Uh, you could literally like turn the, turn the page on the book as you're watching the movie and like everything would match up perfectly. Um, Wow, Watchmen was a little yeah, it was it was impressive. <laughs> um, yeah, it won't like not throughout the entire thing, but as far as anything has come close to that cinematically, um, and then Watchmen, they updated the storyline to kind of yeah, uh, at the end of it, it was more like Cold War era. The book itself, they updated it for more like terrorist era type thing that we did which is fine it worked out okay um the problem with Watchmen, which is like the first time we kind of started going downhill in the public's eye was um that should never be tackled in the movie the storyline itself would have to be broken up into like a three-part movie series or something like that in one which i mean the the thing itself i think the director's cuts like three hours and 15 minutes or three hours and 20 it got cut down to um, under three for for the theaters, so you're missing all these like key elements and stuff, which is why you know, everybody's like, "Oh, we need a Snyder cut for Justice League and all this stuff," because it's an entirely different movie. Um, anyway, but then it just seems like every time he takes liberties on storyline, which could be. Um, He's not always writing it, but he's part of the writing crew. It could be the other input of the writers. It could be the input of the studios. Who knows? You get you get this big in studios, and you have all this pressure and all these producers and stuff pulling in all these different ways. So it's hard to hard to say where it's coming from. But it seems like the more freedom he has with the story, the less quality the movie is. Um, but I don't know if that's really true. But then he also okayed Batman killing people in Batman versus Superman. So I lose, like he loses all credit yeah. right there. Cause if yeah, you're, was, if you're saying you understand up. a character, um, that's the one thing that Batman never breaks. It was okay. in uh, what man of steel, cause Superman has killed people. He's never been okay with it, but he has like, yeah, he's had to yeah, he'll make push that, that decision. Yeah. <laughs> But Batman he's also never like, does. yeah, and that's you know, I mean, and not that Batman doesn't face down, you know, um, like supervillains and or villains with superhuman qualities and everything. Guess he does, and like frequently and all of that. But um, but I think that like, I don't know, I don't know. I think like he he always finds a way around it. Yeah, always. You know, yeah, and like like Superman, you know, he has that, he has always had that a little bit more like military type feel, just just a little bit, you know, not really, and not in any sort of bad way of just like a, you know, he's the last of his race, he's sent here, his dad told him that he's supposed to like uplift these people pretty much and like, you know, I mean whatever no, no, <laughs> like, right. it's, like, a, it's a lot of pressure yeah he, you know I mean, so he he feels such like a sense of responsibility that it's like you know like a parent like would you know you see you see parents that are 
you know, going to court for killing, like, their child's rapist or something like that. You mm-hmm. know, like, do you, you know, I mean, hopefully you should, I mean, at some point you shouldn't have to kill anybody, but at the same time, like. Would you care if they got in a car wreck and died? <laughs> right? Like, you know, like, like is the parent wrong? Happen, like, if but... they just, like, if they find out, and especially, like, if it's, yeah, I mean, there are all sorts of horrible situations that lead people to to do stuff like that. And at some point, like, you're like, you know, mm, you know, or as, as uh, Spock says, like, the, the good of the masses outweighs the the good of the one or whatever so like take him out you know like do you ever feel bad like he i feel like he has more of that like uh that parent like that responsibility feeling towards earth so he's like i will kill to protect my child or whatever you know it's kind of interesting too if you think about it like um superman's almost an analog for like patriotism uh used to be kind of like a very american symbol not Mm -hmm. not as much anymore but it is very similar to that, like the way a country would think versus the way an individual would think, which would be more like, <clears throat> excuse me. <laughs> um, <laughs> which is, you know, like Batman is more an individual focus. But I mean, that's that kind of goes down to the, like, the cool part of what comics are is they do a very good job of tackling these like existential and political kind of like climates and topics and stuff like that and almost putting them in a digestible form um not that you necessarily agree with whatever decisions they make or any of that but you if you don't agree with this one character's choices then you can always find a character that has some sort of like dichotomy to it like some like opposite that kind of fits your niche but is still a good guy absolutely Um, but man, we went down a rabbit hole. Um, well, I mean, we started talking about Superman comics. killing people, Batman, or no, well, Batman killing people for the most part. That's the other thing. It was just egregious for as far as who is killing. It was just plowing through, uh, yeah, like, like henchmen like and stuff like that. People with this car, and just because and he would kill them, just and... because they weren't characters. Yeah, <laughs> like, like come on, that's even more like okay, one character like you did in Man of Steel. Like if he has to kill one guy, sure, whatever, we can let that slide. But if he's just murdering fools for no reason, <laughs> come on, <laughs> that's the exact opposite of Batman. Which is, I I don't know how it came to that point. Um, like I said, like for me in my eyes, uh, Zack Snyder has been kind of going downhill since Watchmen, but that's I see it more as um, pressure from production companies and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Man, I mean, his earlier stuff, like, oh, it's it's good. Three hundred in particular, like it's it's a good movie. It's fun yeah, to watch, like once, or whatever. And but especially like if if you, if you get that sort of success like early on in your career and everything, then you know. People are are vultures, <laughs> yeah. In general, and then like when you put yourself in an industry like that, with where there's so much money and so much talent and so much fame for them to, you know, feed on, mm-hmm. then, you know, then like the true, true vulture comes out, yeah. And like that's just like scary stuff. And like what I mean, Michael Keaton no- turns the corner. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god okay so He's i didn't want to like mention, but i wanted to mention this like 
because I think I showed it to you, but it, it just randomly popped up on my uh, my uh, Facebook feed again, and I just kept, I just saw it, and I was just like, we absolutely like it needs to happen. Um, the it's like the thing you didn't know you needed in your life, and it has a picture of Bruce Wayne in Batman Beyond, mm-hmm. and next to him. Uh, a picture of like the current Michael Keaton oh and being like um, Michael <laughs> Keaton as Batman and Batman Beyond. I mean, they look. That would blow my freaking exa- mind. <laughs> I mean, and, it's, and, like, and the fact, and the fact that he was Batman. Yeah. I mean, like literally he aged into Batman. He is quite possibly Batman. <laughs> just like in general. Well, he's he, fantastic. Like, yeah. just, who knows? Who knows what he's doing? You know? I mean, at this point, wouldn't Batman be so far ahead of the game that he could be able to block himself from all sorts of, like, the social media and internet, right? Because he's always, like, that far ahead, you know? So, (laughs) anything's possible. That's true. I mean, I never even thought about that. That that person should be in a writer's room. That's a fantastic idea. Oh, my God. Batman Beyond is... Such a I fun mean, it is line. such, and and then he would be so great at it. Yeah, you could like, still kind of add the fun elements to it, but it would still be super dark, like DC wants to do. So, and you know, Michael Keaton can be like dark and crazy oh, like yeah, that, like Bruce Wayne. He's, so awesome. <laughs> he's a great actor. But who would be? Who would be the new? Uh, God, I can't remember his name. Oh my God, I feel like a turd. The kid's name. Oh, um, I keep wanting to say Tracy. That's not right. That's dumb. Um, it's been so long since I've been Batman. Oh my gosh! Um, I also can't Terry. Terry Terry McGinnis. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yes. I did it yes. Without looking. Oh my up. god! <laughs> yes, I love Batman Beyond. I had uh, a huge yeah. thing for Terry. I know he's like cartoon character or whatever, but no, I get it. He's kind of the the teen so or older great. teen bad boy, like the senior in high school. Um, he was cool. That turns his fun. life he's around, kinda... and he becomes Batman. And he's sassy. Yeah. He's a little bit like uh, Dick Grayson and uh, Tim Drake, kind of rolled into one character. Yeah, he's awesome. Great. I love um, him. Did you ever and get Didi? to see? <laughs> yeah. Oh, hey, what's up, D? I pull that. I pull that great, all the time, yeah, and nobody, villains. nobody ever knows what I'm no, talking about. I'm so me. mad about it. <laughs> Which that? I mean, they were in they were in Batman Beyond uh, as well, but. The reference I'm making to is actually one of the uh, Justice League. Um, oh yeah, the ones yeah, the Justice League. Unlimited. But that character, right. like that or that group, the um, Joker gang. Wasn't. I mean, no. that's who they are in Batman. It wasn't Beyond. the Joker. It wasn't the Joker gang. It was the. Oh, that's right. The Royal Flush. Royal Flush. Yeah, yes. that's it. And and that's because they were the the DDs I'm talking about. Were they? They were the descendants of, you know, because that when they came. Okay. Yeah. When they came around in Justice League, then they were older at that point, too, you know? Yeah. It's kind of fun how they all look congruent. Yeah. (laughs) I know. They all just like, just because there is, and there should be a real flush game. Oh, man. Um, That'd be great. Yeah. But what's her face would have to do? The uh, Harley Quinn chick. Uh, Margot Robbie. If they that could somehow right. have her do both of them, that would be awesome. She would be the oh, they could perfect. Do it. Come on. Right? Like she would be the perfect DD. She would. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Just popping her head back and forth. Uh, that, awesome. Anyway. Did you get to see the um is it Return of the Joker or something? The Batman Beyond movie that is uh 
it had like the Joker's face on it in green, and he's like, I know what I you're talking say it's about. Of the Joker. I'm not really sure. I um, I'm not sure if I saw it. That was such a good movie. Um, even if you've never seen Batman Beyond or anything like that, it's so good. <laughs> it's this crazy thing of Joker coming back in like whatever year it is in the future. Um, oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's all like... plausible and really cool, and you know, it being like an animated movie that had a little bit more production value, but it's been one of my favorites alongside of like Sub Zero and geez, like all, all the other um, Batman animated movies. Um, Mask of the Phantasm, Sub Zero is the second one. I can't remember what the third one was. Maybe I got that backwards. But then you know, Return of the Joker, and all those, all that stuff. <laughs> uh, a lot of that had to do with uh, that one guy like um, can't remember his name either I can't remember names tonight but it doesn't matter he worked on all the animated series stuff um, he's the one who created Harley Quinn oh yeah I want to say Didio but that's not it dang I can't remember his name either yeah but that's interesting too like I was talking to someone the other day about Harley Quinn and like how she was like a more like I'm recent thing, and um, and they were like arguing with me. They're like, "No, Harley Quinn has always been around. No. Has always been like with the Joker and blah blah." And I was like, "No, I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> you just don't like maybe in in your timeline, yes, you know, like because in my timeline, like what I grew up with, then you know, it was the animated series. Like Harley Quinn was there, you know, like she was always yeah. there." But, like, she wasn't always there in, like, the full Batman timeline, you know? I'm like, D- you don't, you don't know. But then, you know, I don't know. I was trying to tell him. I was like, no, somebody created him. Or created her, rather. Um, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. They just grew up with it, so they assume it was. it's always been there. Yeah. But that's, had. yeah, like, no one knew, you know. I'm like, there, there are plenty of superheroes and uh. supervillains and stuff that you don't know about. You know, because like, like just the Halloween costume, you know, no one knew about, or I'm sorry, a, a couple of people did know Black Canary. Mm-hmm. But Black Canary is like one of the oldest female superheroes and no one knows about her. Although that teaser trailer for Birds of Prey came out. Guys. Yeah, it looks good, huh? It does look good. I'm interested to see how it's all going to work out because, I mean, I know, I, I, didn't, I didn't expect like, them to the to throw in like a villain right off the the bat and the crew you know i mean i know that they some villains do come and go but i thought they would start off with like the the core heroes or yeah. whatever but it is interesting some of the choices but... yeah because i mean like i didn't know that Harley Quinn was ever part of them. That's a more recent thing, to oh, my okay. knowledge. Like, uh, I knew, you know, I knew, um, I knew Poison Ivy ran with them at one point. Mm. And I feel like there was another. Huntress? Yeah, but Huntress isn't really a villain. No, nah, but she's, she's kind of like one a... of those, like, I don't know, troubled vigilante superheroes yeah she's a vi- she's a vigilante <laughs> yeah yeah well they all she's... kind of are like that's the kind of fun of them yeah. let's see was catwoman no she would never was maybe more recently but yeah i i thought it was just gonna be um 
Black Canary, uh, Hot Girl, and... Huntress was one of the original three. Huntress, yeah. But I'm excited about it because I will say that I think, um, you know, Margaret... Robbie? Margot, Margot. Margot Robbie? Yeah. I mean, she is a great Harley Quinn. Oh, yeah. Definitely. It's one of those that's like, yeah, I wonder, right? Huh? Oh, you gotta wonder. You gotta wonder, wonder. Yeah. yeah. Is this method acting? Hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I think about that sometimes, like, when I think about Christian Bale in uh, American Psycho, I'm like, huh. Oh, I mean, he is a method actor. I mean, he's... Well, I mean, he's yeah, he, he is. Yeah, he is, but he's also, like, There's method acting, but then there's also like a like actual like little crazy. You know, I think Christian Bale might be like a little crazy. Yeah, you definitely. know. <laughs> I mean, it works. You know, like more power to you or whatever. Yeah, like, like a, just don't kill anybody. The less dangerous Tom Cruise. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, unless like, and, but and you do, and <laughs> I don't know. Like at some point, like you do have to like, uh, like to be a good actor, you have to be able to like do that like yeah. losing yourself in it yeah. so you do in my opinion i think you do have to have like a little bit of a little bit of crazy or a little bit of like um the ability to to throw yourself away a little bit you know or a lot of it anywhere from a little bit to a lot of it right <laughs> but you never know i mean like like keith ledger you know i don't know i'm wondering if like he like i've always wondered if like the him playing the Joker before that. Oh, I'm sure it played a part. Right, it had to have. Yeah, because he did. I know he did some method acting stuff in that. Um, really got just kind of. And Jared Leto did some of the same stuff too, um, which is odd that he he would. We tried it. Didn't yeah, even need to, but just did it to kind of, I guess, do it. I don't, I don't really know his understanding behind that, but. It wasn't nearly as like in depth as uh, Heath Ledger's was. There's some interesting stuff around that. Yeah, but it wasn't all that. I mean, I don't know. It just kind of. Oh yeah, I mean, I don't think that it was all that. Play at around all. With that darkness. But I think and that it kind yeah, of, like, grabs a hold of you. <laughs> yeah, and again, like I'm saying, like if you you know, it's easy to make a little bit, a lot of it. Yeah, easily. So if you have a little bit, and then you push for a lot of it and and then it just brings you know wraps everything around but anywho yeah so i never actually finished my why we even got on these oh, eighteen well, thousand hey, tangents why um, don't you finish up yeah if anyone <laughs> if anyone remembers <laughs> um i was saying the dc universe is possibly going into a soft reboot not a hard reboot because mm-hmm. of the fact of you know Wonder Woman and Aquaman doing so well standalones, and they're still kind of pushing standalone movies, but the T movies have kind of flopped. I know Flash has gotten a bunch of rewrites and stuff as well, um, which the Flash movie they could do a lot of pseudoscience. Well, honestly, not really pseudoscience, but a lot of fancy sciencey physics stuff. Go back in time and change timelines, and like mm-hmm. have logical reasons for all these people changing as far as cast goes, which I always, always hate in the middle of some big series. It's just you, you never want to disconnect like that, you know. It 
eventually you kind of get used to it but it, it's always to me it's just uh going into the movie i'm already like screw this this isn't real <laughs> even though it's a freaking movie like i should never think oh this is real it's just i don't know but i'm weird like that um i don't think you're weird like that like, but i mean that's like a big part to me <laughs> we're immersive yeah like we're immersive people yeah and I mean, I honestly, I think most people do go to like movies or watch TV or whatever to do that, to, to immerse into it, to, you know, like I've talked about how, you know, these characters have been, you know, with me for longer than like my actual friends, you know? So either we're both crazy, <laughs> which of course is a possibility and yeah. might be why we work so well together or, you know, the opposite end is like everyone thinks like this yeah but um the other part of that is it could sort of work because even aquaman itself doesn't mention too much about what's going on the justice league stuff which i think might have been addressed in like rewrites and things like that i don't know if that is not really confirmed or anything but i could see them since justice league they have been pulling apart um so writing wise they could kind of plan into that and wonder woman itself doesn't necessarily tie into that either um so this might be the only situation where a soft reboot could happen which is interesting and really weird i'm curious about it but then you have these characters that are involved with the older movies you know those being the team movies and stuff like that and all of a sudden the team movie disappears and it kind of timeline starts with the spin-off characters it's mind-boggling, and I they haven't really pulled stuff like this kind of high-concept stuff off before, so... Yeah, it's definitely something that, like, you are more used to in, like, comic books and stuff versus, like, movies, yeah, in, you know? which is interesting, the, too. The exception would be the Hulk, because there have been a lot of... Yeah. There have been a lot of Hulks. Never been able to do it, but the recent one, everybody's been kind of... Yeah, everybody loves Mark But it's Rupert. just because he's never had his own standalone movie. I think he if hasn't. they made another one, then it would just die, which is also the other side of that coin. Why the hell has Spider-Man had so many reiterations? And everybody oh, still yeah, loves yeah. it. That's the other one, Spider-Man. Yeah, but it, it's just like Spider-Man's... Or, I, mean, I think because he's a Hulk teenager, more to be one-dimensional, honest. And Spider-Man is more just a kid. He's like a nerdy kid yeah. that just wants to date the girl next door. It's mm. just... Hashtag you know 50s america yeah um <laughs> well for i guess for for white folks not was not a good time for anyone else <laughs> i mean i guess that's i guess that's just yeah hashtag america <laughs> sorry messed up anyway that was a weird <laughs> i don't know i think it was the part of the front part of that so that's all right let's just keep going <laughs> um Oh jeez, um, I'm talking about soft reboots. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. So like, it hasn't been conf- none of this stuff has been confirmed, but um, there's a very real chance that DC will be altering a lot, or there's a real chance that all of this shit beforehand will be scrapped and started over again. Which I doubt that's the case. They're still wanting to do like the standalone Batman movie and all this stuff, but although that's changed hands multiple times now. Well, I mean, I don't think that they'll scrap anything because I, I mean, like the second Wonder Woman hasn't even come out, and I mean they've 
yeah, but are they can well just into like doing empty it. Empty that tank and then start over. Oh, and then quit after that. Yeah, okay. kind of like the. I was like, they're know, not going to scrap that. Shit like that. Because I don't know. After yeah, I don't... Uh, fall, the Rise of the Phoenix or whatever, the licenses are done. Marvel has that back. So mm. that's why it's changing. Um, but who knows? I like it. It's just, it's a weird time for DC fans. Um, well, that's interesting. Um, I think if they scrap Wonder Woman after this next idea. one, if they, I mean, even if like with the response that they've had from Aquaman, Aquaman like that, there's yeah, no way that those two characters are it. fantastic for who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, Henry Everything Cavill's else- pretty good as Superman, but it's also he's already out. Really weird, but yeah, he's already out. So like, yeah, because like he wanted to do the other and thing. Ezra Miller did a good job as far Ezra as like Miller did do Flash a good job did. Flash. I don't know how he the was- fans reacted to him. Um, I don't think anybody. That's the thing with Flash. No one has ever given him enough credit. No, he's one of the strongest ones. He is, ever. you know, and the and the Flash. You know, I think that's why people weren't as receptive to Ezra Miller because the Flash is a good TV show. And even I was like, why wouldn't yeah. they just use him? You know, because they already have established him as the Flash or whatever. Yeah, they had a very that. But then I saw, feel. yeah, but I saw Ezra Miller as the Flash, and I was like, oh. I was like, I see. Because well, he's better as the, I mean, at least the one the character they portrayed, like the quippy kind of fast Flash guy. Like he he was more, mm-hmm. I mean, minus the CSI detective and like sciencey type stuff. He's more like a computer nerd, but he was more of a uh, real Flash adaptation, not necessarily Barry Allen and Flash right. and all that. But he was a very good iteration of that. Yeah, and I think the other bad, guy. But... I think the other guy does a good Barry Allen. That's what yeah. I think. Like, I mean, it's the same thing oh, yeah, with fantastic. um, yeah. yeah, like the you know the the duality of Batman and everything. Then that's why some some really rock it, you know, because some people kill it as Bruce Wayne and some people kill it as Batman. You know, a couple people. Well, I mean, I think Michael Keaton did great as both. Yeah, he he did like do he both, but it's also that. I, everything about those choices were fantastic for yeah, those like, movies. Yeah, uh, yeah he I mean, had knows the support. If, like, a different director or something like that, it would be kind of weird because yeah. they're over-directing him or something like that. But he did a yeah, fantastic job of, like, you can see, like, facial expressions and stuff like that, how he plays each one different. Mm-hmm. It's, it's such a nuanced thing, but we've seen this so many times throughout our lives, we can, like, pick up on it. Right. It's very good acting. Yeah. Um, but who knows? But then, yeah, like, I mean, you know, I always thought George Clooney, like, he was definitely stronger as good. Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Versus Batman. Yeah, so that's that's what it is. Like, the I, I feel that I don't know the the guy's name that does the TV show, but he is a better Barry Allen. Ezra Miller is a better The Flash. Like, yeah. he, he nails it. Like, and that, I mean, that's one of the things I love about The Flash. He is so fast- and goofy and fun and all this stuff and so like you said like literally the most powerful one but no one ever you know thinks about it but whatever anyway <laughs> anyway i really like him yeah he's he's good he's um, funny and he's wholesome but not like you know not like a superman wholesome yeah. either you know like he's he's just perfect on all he has he has all of the all the traits all of it um, 
So I guess, yeah, I guess that was about it. That's like the point I was making is like be prepared for uncharted waters as far as the DC right. universe goes. It's a long conversation for a lot of uh, nebulous <laughs> stuff. <laughs> I was going to say after um, Infinity Wars, then I mean, I don't trust anything anymore. So yeah. Go ahead, DC. Maybe that's why they're going to do it, too. They're just like, oh, well, it won't be as bad as wh- what they did. <laughs> no, that wasn't bad. It just tore our hearts out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Not bad at all. Um, it's bad. Movie-wise, fantastic. No, it's fabulous. <laughs> uh, let's, I guess we're going to have to leave it at this. Uh, it's a super long episode. Um like I'm kind of liking have, these longer episodes. We have I a lot lie. of yeah, it's, it's nice. like it. as long as everybody listening doesn't tune out, shut off. We'll see. Hey guys out there, if you're here now listening, then why don't you give us a review? Um, yeah, or give us feedback. Then comment subscribe. on our website. Subscribe. Uh, DM us on Instagram and all that biz. Um, what Paint Fork Farm for Instagram. Like, the Amazing Strider-Man. Yeah, you got it. Which hopefully I'll have some more stuff posted pretty soon. Um, so there you go. There's your plug. If you hung in this long enough, thank you very much. Um, yeah. You rot. Yeah, you do. <laughs> All right, we're going to go eat some bratwurst. Yeah, we are gonna. We have more to talk about. The next episode, I guess, will be more on the fun side. We do have... Uh, we're probably going to be some farm stuff. and. Yeah, but it won't be as in-depth as this one. Or maybe it will. Who knows? I was going to say. You, I just know we have yeah. a lot of other stuff to, to chit-chat about. So I um, would say just like um, for a little bit at least, like prepare, prepare for some episodes to be longer. Yeah, it seems to be the trend. I mean, this is our new record. So, yeah. You got anything else to add? Do you have anything we want to? <laughs> I got nothing. I'm ready for some bratwurst and yeah, some Brussels sprouts. I'm starving and tired. So... Love you later. Yeah, there you go. I was about to say <laughs> you beat me to it. Ha ha. Goodbye, folks. Bye.